The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present The Auction by Randy McCall, a Call of Cthulhu scenario with David Larkins as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. Steinberg. Mm-hmm. And you are a, um, a book dealer. Book dealer, yeah. Of somewhat questionable morality. Eh, yeah. You know, he does what it takes to get the books he wants. Okay, okay. But, you know, he feels that they're uh, safest in his hands anyway, so, you know, it's kind of the ends justify the means. Okay. And Tim, your character? Uh, Sven Hahn. Uh-huh. And uh, he's the procurer of said books. Right. And so it is in this capacity that you uh, have received an invitation to an auction to be held in Vienna, Austria, by the renowned House of Ausperg. Hmm. It is an exclusive auction of occult paraphernalia. So, this is the auction catalog that you have received in the mail. Hmm. So a lot of interesting books here. Mm-hmm, that's true. Uh, oh, all right, I'm seeing some interesting stuff. So a few things stand out immediately looking at this list. The one that strikes me the most, I mean, everything, you know, I'm kind of just going down the list here looking at, you know, we have an Egyptian Ankh. Mm-hmm. For auction in Lot 1. Uh, lot 2 is a manuscript of Beth Elohim. Lot 3 is a multiple lot. Magician's cassock, embroidered with various signs of ceremonial magic. Hickory wand. So that's kind of a little intriguing for my uh, my t- particular tastes. Mm-hmm. Lot 4 is a hand of glory. Preserved left hand of a human. Very interesting. Uh, lot 5 is a multiple lot also with, uh, seems to be African artifacts, uh, fetish, a drum. Um, lot 6 is uh, a book, the Magus, Magus, Magus. Lot 7 is a sword, a German sword with the words Azoth engraved on it. Lot 8 is a human skull, seems to be inlaid with silver to form a cup. Lot 9 is a riveted brass head, similar to the philosopher's head. Lot 10 is uh, ivory sticks from the Ming Dynasty. Lot 11 is the Book of Law by Aleister Crowley, something I'm guessing my character doesn't have yet. Maybe not. Okay. And lot 12 is a book on the prodigies of the new in the New England canon. Um, lot 13 is another multiple lot with medallions. 
various types from the 17th century. Lot that was lot 13, so lot 14 is a book, The Dictionnaire Inferno, by Jacques Collin, 1863. Lot 15 is a shaman medicine bag. And lot 16 is a gold ring from 19th century Arabia. Okay, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff here. Okay, so this is definitely right up my character's alley. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd have to take a little more... Uh, look, you know, a little closer look at all the items to really know what, you know, he might want to bid on. I mean, this is stuff that kind of, maybe a little rich for his blood, but, you know, possibly... Maybe we can make a deal. Yeah. Or, if, if nothing else, if at least if we're in that kind of environment, we might run into some other, you know, like-minded individuals that we can kind of... Trade. Trade with, yeah, or, you know, work something out. So, yeah, definitely, uh... Nothing else a good kind of learning experience, but of elbow rubbing. So yeah, let's mm-hmm. go for it. Um, and just as a as a rule of thumb, everything's listed here in pounds sterling, and that converts to dollars at a uh, one to five. So for every five dollars, it's one pound sterling. Okay. So before we go, we have I'm guessing several artifacts and books of negligible value that we're going to use to borrow with? Um, well, I mean, for the auction, I think it's just going to be a straight cash auction. But I mean, oh, yeah. as far as the, you know, whatever goes on behind the scenes there, I mean, mm-hmm. we can certainly, I think we should probably just bring, I'll bring a list of what I consider are disposable books, you know, whatever they might be. Stuff that I'm just not interested in, you know, duplicates that I might have and stuff like that, but uh, we'll bring that along, we'll bring, and then we'll deal. This is going to be a little, little different than what we normally do just because we're going to be dealing pretty much with people that... No, they're Presumably, doing. yeah, so um, you can't really do, you know, maybe take a different tactic, but um, yeah, we'll just bring along our, uh, our inventory book, kind of, you know, a little ledger so we can use that. Okay? All right. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to do before you depart? I mean, obviously you got the invitation, like, weeks in advance, so there's plenty of time for it. Yeah, just, you know, a couple days before I go, get a haircut, mustache trim, and shave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll, um, pack, uh, how long are we going to be away for? Well, the auction's only one night, so it's however long you want to pad out on either side. Okay, know. so we'll say like a, a day or two on either side, just kind of... Yeah, like We're going to need some time before and after to kind of, you know, meet with, you know, other people, oh, hey, let's go out to dinner, or like mm-hmm. meet someone at their house just to kind of do all that social stuff. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, we'll pad out a couple of days either side, we'll just make five days of it. So I'll pack, you know, kind of small steamer trunk with some chains of clothes and all toiletries, and I'll have uh, uh, my parrot you know, in his little kind of traveling cage. Mm-hmm. Does your parrot have a name? Uh, my parrot does have a name. Parrot face. No, his name's not parrot face. German. German. <laughs> no, his name's not parrot face. <laughs> uh, let's see. We'll call him... I was going to call him Sven, but that's your character's name. Oh, shit. Actually, maybe I should. Oh, that's not funny, actually. We'll call him uh, Little Sven. Don't name me after the dog. <laughs> little Jerry Seinfeld. I'll come back to you on that. I'm sure it will come to you. All right. So, um, let's see here. 
Okay. So you guys uh, board train um, at. Uh, at uh, parrot's name. Oh, what what is it? Albert. Nice. Albert the parrot. After his uh, his idol. Oh, of course. Yes. All right. So you guys um, board the uh, train at the Berlin Hauptbahnhof and uh, take it south into Austria. And so uh, you arrive in due time. It is uh, mid-autumn. It is uh, October 12th. 1931, and Austria is not in the best shape, thanks to the worldwide depression and its struggles with the aftermath of the First World War from 13 years previous, um, and in fact, this is why you find yourselves in this position of being able to you know, make some bank off of stuff like this, is that many members of the former Austro-Hungarian nobility have been driven into poverty and have had to divest themselves voluntarily or involuntarily of their various collections. And so times are good for unscrupulous um, dealers in antiquities such as yourselves. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Paying market value. Yes, of course. Market value. Um, let's see here. What kind of accommodations would you like? Cheapest. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll need to save our money for other stuff, so we'll... Well, uh um, not the cheapest, but we'll go, uh... Well, do you want to go with dingy or disgusting? <laughs> dingy? Mm. Uh, those are... Uh, what's above dingy and disgusting? Above, <laughs> above dingy is comfortable. I think comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah, I don't, I don't about dingy, definitely. That's one pound sterling per night, per person. Okay. So that'd be five dollars a night. So, we wanted to stay money. for five nights. It was 25 bucks. Yeah. So, you would have to pay out of your out of your available cash for that. And I don't even have 25 bucks. Let's talk dingy. Let's talk dingy. Dingy is uh, 10 shillings per night. Ooh. <clears throat> the uh, Austrians have, of course, their own native currency, but it's so devalued at this point that almost all business is conducted in British currency. Okay. Is this, uh, we're seeing at the Dare Red Roof Inn? They're all to roof. Is there more Channel 6? <clears throat> yes, no, this is just a, uh, you know, a little converted walk-up kind of deal. Flop house, you know, squeaky bed spring mattresses and stains in the bathtub and that kind of thing. You know? Okay. Think uh, Barton Fink, you know, okay. the hotel room he stayed in. Um, That's so. Character. Huh. That's character. That's character, exactly. So that would be two dollars two dollars fifty a night, uh, ten British shillings per night. So uh for five nights then that would be twelve dollars and fifty cents. You said if it's under ten it does, we don't have to worry about it? Under ten, yes, but you, know, you have to look at the whole cost, so 
I'm thinking we stay for three nights. Nice. That's 750. Well done. <laughs> well munchkin. <laughs> Alright. So you're three nights in Vienna. Alright. So, um, of course, obviously, um, courtesy demands that you meet with the head of the auction house uh, and just, you know, sort of RSVP in person. So. Is this the... Have I been to these before? Oh, yes. Size, oh, yes. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Now, yes. what kind of, like, side deals t- tend to go on? Are there, like, is it kind of one of those things where there's the main auction, but there might be little side auctions going on or pr- private deals kind of happening? In the you, you you can definitely look forward. The, the auction house is not going to be interested in anything. Yeah. They're just, they're busy with this, you know. And yeah. It's kind of like if you had a whole lot of other stuff you wanted to auction, you could approach them and be like, hey, let's set something up for further down the road. Yeah. But in terms of unloading stuff on this trip, your best bet is going to be kind of mingling with the other auction guests. So I'm thinking yeah. that's probably where we're better off now mm-hmm. is I'll have, I'll, we'll bring our list of, you know, what we consider disposable items. Like, you know, I said, like like duplicates and things that I've already gone through and like, oh, this is rubbish. There's nothing in here. You know, that kind of thing mm-hmm. that we'll try to sell at a premium to interested parties that kind of miss out on that on the actual auctions like dang I, oh, I almost won and then like mm-hmm. hey well you know I, I noticed you're interested in Egyptian I have this uh, rare treatise on you know mm-hmm. blah 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 and then try to make a little money so we can you know eat <laughs> and then and then we'll and then we'll actually collect our books from you know our normal sources which is going to like private you know mm-hmm. residences and, sales yeah, and that kind of stuff. excellent so this is more yeah this is less about us acquiring and more about us trying to unload product so, Alex, let me get your character's name one more time. Sure. character's name is Thomas uh-huh. Steinberg. Steinberg. Okay. And Parrot's name is Albert. Albert. And then, Tim, you're Sven... What? Han. Sven Han. Okay. Sweet. Okay, so... Uh, so, yeah, so the train uh, rolls into Vienna... About uh, mid-afternoon after a two-day train journey. Um, and, uh, you know, after retrieving your trunks, mm-hmm. or your suitcases more likely, yeah, uh, you hail a cab and get checked in uh, at a uh, downtown uh, hotel. Okay. So... Yes. Um, the auction is scheduled for the following day. I think it says on the catalog there when it's scheduled. Uh, let's see. scheduled for 1 p.m. the following day. Okay. And so, whenever you want to head by to introduce yourselves. So I think we'll, so it's scheduled for the following day, but is it, is it kind of, is there anything going on right now? Like, is there kind of a, any social gatherings or any uh, little mixers or anything? I mean, it's kind of a a bit of a social event as well. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of like a, it's like a convention kind of thing. Yeah, know? really. Um, 
yeah, you haven't had any information on that, but again, like when you when you meet with the guy, you know, when you meet with the head of the auction house, you know, you might you'll probably find out. Okay, so I'll meet with them. This is the day before, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll head down. Uh, we'll put our our stuff away. I'll get uh, Albert situated, and uh, yeah, head down. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing, given. Well, does this does this hotel then have like is it just stairs? Then no, I'm taking no elevator. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a lift, but it's out of order. So. Great. So, is it possible to get like a first floor accommodations or any kind of, uh, or is this just Ooh, out of make a luck roll? All right. <laughs> so otherwise, uh, uh, right. <laughs> otherwise, Sven is going to be uh, carrying me up the uh, stairs. That's right. So, so you have a dex of fifteen. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know. Let's see, I'm just trying to figure out, like, mechanically, um, what do you think? I mean, do you think you can walk somewhat, or are you completely No, I think, he's, I think he's, like, for, for the most part, like, paralyzed. So your dex of three is basically just your upper torso dex. And even then, that's bad, too. Mm-hmm. And so your, yeah. mo- your move is, like, your move on your wheelchair, basically. Exactly, yeah, and it's because right. his strength is, is high enough, you know, I think his, his strength is above his size, uh-huh. so he's just got, like massive upper body well not massive he's got enough yeah. upper body strength to really you know wheel it that's right. where, where his speed comes from now if you didn't have his wheelchair his speed would probably like one or something right well yeah exactly um, but his dexterity is also kind of tied in with that too sure, it's like sure. you know he's just it's more like limited mobility than actual manual dexterity or anything okay so. alright make that luck roll okay Oop. percentile and my luck is 75 here we go okay, well, pretty good chance 40. Excellent. So, yes, they do have a first floor room available. Uh, it's the Hotel Vienna, of course, is uh, the name of the establishment. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like there's attempts made to make it look fancy. You know, there's like a, a shield with a coat of arms hanging outside, you know. Yeah. It's, but it's you know, kind of a dingy hotel. It's obviously... Probably a much nicer, you know, generation ago, but it's kind of on the way down. It looks good in the brochures. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you're taken to your, uh, and you guys are sharing a room or separate rooms? Probably sharing. You're sharing if it's not unusual to be sharing at the time. Well, you're two gentlemen on business, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, nothing up. No, no, you don't mind sharing a bed. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, just uh, my parrot sleeps in the bed with me. <laughs> so you might sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. What's your spending level? Is it $10? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could get your own room then if you want to munch it, because that's we still only spent seven fifty. That's true. Per person. That's true. Okay, yeah. We'll get our own rooms. Okay. Make a luck roll yourself to see if it's on uh, adjacent in the region of Harry uh, <clears throat> Steinberg's. Made it. Alright, so yeah, you guys are both on the first floor and reasonably close to each other. Alright. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, so yeah. Heading out to meet or introduce yourselves. Alright, so the House of Ausberg, uh, the auction house is um, easily accessible by streetcar, only about 10 minutes away. So, um, uh, of course, getting on a streetcar might be a problem. You just hitch myself to the back. Sure, sure. Right? Uh, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah. 
Right. Just grab them to a pole as it, as it goes away. You know? yeah. yeah, and I'll just let go when I'm like hitting them. Yeah. They're just making a turn. Post. I'll just keep going yeah, straight. Yeah, right. And I'll just coast to a perfect stop right in front of the uh, concierge. <laughs> so you could always take a taxi if you wanted to. Yeah, it might be All right. that. All right. So by taxi, it's even uh, faster. And you decamp in front of the House of Ausberg, which of course is a uh, large and impressive looking uh, granite building. And um, at the door, there's a brass uh, uh, doorbell, uh, which summons a rather pinched looking man in a um, tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, and so he, uh, you know, you give your your business card and your credentials, and he brings you inside, um, and then leads you to a man at a desk, a polished mahogany desk, who uh, kind of interviews you, uh, taking down your, you know, invitation details. Um, Name, background, occupation. Obviously, he's like kind of establishing your credit, essentially. Yeah, kind of. Um, and so, after about a twenty-minute interview, uh, he then takes you down a uh, marble-tiled hallway and into a uh, study with uh, thick carpeting and uh, shelves lined with books where you uh, encounter a man uh, about 50 years old uh, who is uh, still obviously, you know, busily engaged in work despite the later hour. Uh, But as soon as you enter, he dismisses his secretary, turns to you, uh, you know, Ah, Herr Steinberg. So glad that you could make it. Guten Abend. I'm not put my hand up. Mm. I am Herr Absberg. This is uh, your associate, uh, Herr Hahn, I take it. Good to meet you as well. well thank you uh, so much for coming. Uh, I trust the trip was you know, an easy one. No, uh, no m- troubles? Most pleasant. Thank you for asking. Mm, of course, of course. Can I, can I offer you a drink from the bar? Well, I... Suppose we am a bit parched after a drink. I would, I would like one. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So the assistant has been kind of lingering, so he heads over. Uh, what will you have? Uh, for now, just water. <laughs> An Irish car bomb. We'll take a glass of bread. Certainly. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> as the drinks are being prepared, uh, Herr Ausberg invites you both to come over to the fire a little bit, um, takes a seat, indicates for Sven to have a seat as well. Okay, I'll Obviously. pull out my uh, my cigar mm. uh, case yes. and uh, pull one out and offer one to him. Ah, thank you, yes. Excellent. I uh, cut it for him and mm-hmm. offer to light it. <laughs> You know, he kind of runs it under his nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Takes a big pull on it. Very nice. Ah, well, this is an uh, unex- unexpected treat. I've been so busy with the auction preparations, you see. Uh, shame. Well, it's my job, and 
it's uh, some, some of my life as well, and uh, I'd have it no other way. But I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you came by. Um, you've arrived uh, just in time, actually. The, uh, the auction has been uh, rescheduled. Oh. Yes. Um, it is, uh, it's been pushed back. Um, it's going to be a uh, late champagne dinner uh, given here at Ausberg House. Mm. And, uh, and the auction itself will be held at 11 p.m. Oh, um, wow. if it's not too forward, might I ask why so late? Oh, certainly. Um, a few of the participants uh, in the auction um, wish to keep a low profile. Uh, they, uh, they want it to seem as if they might be um, selling rather than buying. I see. It's understandable. It's a effective tactic. Um, well then, I suppose we'll have to make a few adjustments to our schedule, but uh, shouldn't be anything that derails our plans too much, wouldn't you say, Sven? Okay. Okay. Well, um, do you know, as a being that that has been delayed um, to later in the evening, um, have any other? Uh, Social gatherings been planned around it? Any other... Uh, well, where are the other guests uh, hanging out at? <laughs> what do you say? They're, they're hanging out down at the park. Um, <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm certainly not at liberty to divulge uh, private information. Oh, no. Just wondering where they're spending their free time. Of course. Um, well, we have... Uh, we have... Uh, guests of the auction uh, coming in from, from all over. And you'll uh, get a chance to, to mix and mingle with them, I'm sure. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to have a little champagne dinner before the auction. Uh, so that's that's the main uh, event, if you will. Um, plan on being here around 9 p.m., I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, there'll be plenty of time to if you could, you know, meet the other guests. So there's a way to persuade him into uh, giving us a little more info. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. you're say, you said that they're staying at the Le Chateau? Well, I'm, I'm sure they're staying at a great variety of different establishments. I may persuade. Let's see what that's going to do for you. If, if it's persuade or fast talk, they both succeeded. Okay. Let's see. Use persuade to convince a target about a particular idea, concept, or belief through reasoned argument, debate, and discussion. Probably not that. Seems like a little bit of fast talk. You said they were at the Le Chateau, right? Like, oh no, they're at the... Ugh. Right. Fast talk is specifically limited to verbal trickery, deception, and misdirection. Oh, well, that's what that would be. Yeah, definitely. So you made your fast talk. Uh, did you make it by half? No. Okay. Let's see. Posing skill and difficulty. Do, 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 do. Okay. What's his name again? Per Ausberg. Mm -hmm. The Herr Ausberg. Oh, the Herr Ausberg, yes, indeed. Let's see. Difficulty levels based on the opposing factor, in this case, matching the matching social skill. 
that's the opposing skill. It's 50% or higher. Hard success is required. Okay, there we go. So, um, yeah. So 50% like is 37. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what's called a hard success. And then the 5% uh, is called an extreme success. Um, so since he it takes a playa to know a playa, um, he's got a pretty decent fast talk as well. So Ooh. he would have had to hard roll, hard, hard success. Yeah, yeah. So he just kind of smiles and and he says, um, "I'm not, um, I'm not naive or unaware of the um, opportunity that the, an event like this presents for gentlemen uh, in your line of work." Um, and uh, the best that I can uh, offer to you is that you'll have plenty of time to talk to everyone tomorrow. Thank you. I'm not. Well, Herr Ellsberg, you've been most helpful, and uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with, with you as always. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe uh, it's time for us to uh, head off and uh, maybe visit the city a bit, so we have some time to... Uh, of course. Any recommendations? Oh, certainly, and he, he gives you the name of a French restaurant. Mm. Tell them I sent you, and uh, and the chef will treat you perfectly well. Thank you so much. I'll shake his hand and... Sort of picturing him as looking like Ray Fines and Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, please, yes, do enjoy uh, this fine city, and uh, we will see you again tomorrow. Thank you. Good day, Hasberg. Mm, good day to you. So, anything you guys want to do before the... Dinner? We'll head to this French restaurant. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. We'll hang out at the bar. Mm, okay. And uh, mingle with locals. Sure. Ah, yeah. Uh, mingle with locals. Take a look at that menu and see what we're, yeah. we're dealing with here. Might be a top ramen night. <laughs> top ramen <laughs> Le top ramen. <laughs> Le ramen. Uh, yeah, it is It is very spendy. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of place where there's like five items on a chalkboard and it's like prefixed, you know, like, yeah. it's just like, you know. Talk along. But what, what I'll do is I'll, um, <laughs> I'll look at the menu and like try to memorize some of it. So that I can come back and say, oh, we ate it, da, da, da. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, the duck, duck low orange was, uh, fantastic. But <laughs> really, it's probably, we're like, yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pick up some bratwurst on the way. Oh, what was the yeah. name of that chili dog? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> derailer. Uh-huh. <laughs> the derailer. Um... <laughs> All right, so very good. So yeah, you guys, you guys eat on cheap. And yeah, we eat across the street. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you go to the hot dog stand. Uh, you know, I just observe. You know, the menu and what mm -hmm. the place is like, so I can either you know bullshit my way like I've been there. Yeah. If I needed to be. Exactly. Okay. So um, obviously. The uh, the event is going to be um, formal dress. Okay. You know. Now that I do have nice stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And so, um, let's see. I'm going to bring Albert along to this. 
Oh, nice. It's kind of my thing. It's the thing that you do. Please, the guy in the wheelchair with the parrot. Do you have, like, a, a perch on your wheelchair that he sits on? Oh, that's or cool. Does, I was just thinking just I was... on the back of the... I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, kind of, of just, wheelchair. you know. Because you know it's, like, one of those, like, wicker and wood Yeah, wheels. yeah. No, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it has, like, a high back. Uh-huh, right. He just kind of sits on the high back. Right, exactly. Kind of, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a little balancing act. All right, so um, so yeah, you guys show up at the Ausberg house the following night around nine p.m. Unless you want to be fashionably late. Nope. No, we're gonna be unfashionably early. It's, oh, yeah, okay. it's our intention to be <laughs> show up with some potato salad and Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna camp out in front of it, like. Like a Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Way early. <laughs> I quit my job to be at this auction. <laughs> Alright, so, um, so yeah, as your, uh, as your taxi is pulling up, you can see, um, you know, somebody, uh, already kind of being ushered inside. Okay. You know, as his taxi pulls away, you know. So you guys are kind of showing up around the same time as, as everyone else. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it opens at nine, starts at nine, we're there at nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so the same major domo, uh, answers the door at your, at your ring and, uh, takes your coats and shows you inside. Mm-hmm. He cocks an eyebrow at the parrot, but doesn't say anything. The parrot's wearing a tuxedo. So. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. So, I don't know what his problem is. Right. The parrot came formally to us. <laughs> Question. Yes. Does this parrot have a top hat? No, come no, on. That, that's does he? Okay, does he have a cane velcro to his his costume? Stop asking me questions. Oh my god. So. <laughs> so yes, you are uh, you are shown uh, inside this time, taken down uh, the side hall to the other wing of the house. You know, and. Um, there's a string quartet playing mm. as you are ushered into a room with the sort of green satin wallpaper. Oh, fancy. And, and wainscoting, mm. you know. Oh, wow. Parquet floors, you know. And the, uh, the quartet is over in the corner, stringing away. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Um, you see, uh, a good, a goodly amount of people, um, kind of mingling about... Um, let's see. Well, any, uh, any strategies for mingling? I'm going to make a psychology roll. Okay. Sure. To look for people who are slightly distressed. Mmm. Mmm. Okay, go for it. Made it. Great. Um, let's see. 47 out of 50, by the way. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, good. Just not great. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what you note. Um, it's mostly men. There is uh, one woman in attendance. Um, she's young and gorgeous. Um, her uh, blonde hair is cut somewhat short and set in curls. Um, she has a rather haughty expression on her face, um, and is, uh, is just sort of, you know, sipping champagne from a fluted glass, um, and, 
entertaining uh, the attentions of a gentleman with barely disguised contempt. Okay, yeah, I'll come to a rescue. <laughs> Alright, good luck. <laughs> so I'll watch uh, from afar with my uh, glass of champagne. Uh-huh. So like, you'll, you'll just You'll just disappear into the crowd, sitting down. <laughs> yeah, just my eyes. Yeah. Like. Well, there's, there's not too much of a crowd. Let's see, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, there's eight other people here. So, not, not a whole lot. Um, let's see, so, alright, so you approach, you approach the lady, um, the uh, the gentleman uh, talking to her is uh, speaking in English. Do you have that as a language? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> what what languages do you have? Uh, Latin and Tiamen. Okay. So, uh, yes, he is conversing in English with her, and um, so uh, as you approach, uh, he kind of breaks off. Turns to face you and says, uh, in a French accented German, uh, Good evening. Yeah, hello. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have an accent in speaking German. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you purposely are trying to speak German with an English accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I am uh, Michel de Borsavine. It's wonderful. <laughs> do you have a cult? Yes. Wait, no. Do yes. not. I do not have a cult. Yeah, that's, that's his. That's his thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, and this is the lady uh, Margaret Jamison. She is an English uh, English lady. Ah. Oh. Of some means. Very pleased to meet her. Mm-hmm. So she uh, she kind of extends her hand, like you know, for you to sort of gently take it, perhaps you know, kiss it, kiss it, perhaps okay. yes, yeah. Um, so do the classic smile and wink bullshit. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, but she just kind of returns your gesture with a sort of. Lopsided smile. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Thomas, uh, you have been approached by um, a uh, kind of an older gentleman with a, um, or not older, but middle-aged gentleman with a rather large mustache. Um, hmm. Very uh, refined air about him, Um, and uh, he's approaches you, speaks to you in German with a uh, with a Russian accent. Hmm. Ah, it is not not always that we see Pirat at these events. Hello, Birdie. He's like kind of reaching out to you know. Pet it or something. Oh, it's gonna snap at him. <laughs> it's gonna snap at him. <laughs> so, so uh, it kind of you know maybe backs up a little bit and hisses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Albert, where are your manners? Good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 delightful. 
Pleased to meet you, Thomas Steinberg. Count Nikolai Tychevsky. A pleasure, Count. What brings you to the auction, might I ask? Oh, I, uh... I'm a, I'm a bit of a collector. Uh, as am I. It's, uh, I find these uh, events lovely to uh, just mingle with those who share the same interests. I actually run an export house in Greece. Hmm. Uh, artifacts? Um, all manner of things. Oh, I, uh... <clears throat> you can, um... Hmm, hmm, hmm. Why don't you make an intelligence roll? All right. Let's see what we got here. Mm, intelligence. Dear. Oh, yeah. So we're doing the, the percentile then? Mm-hmm. There we go. We got an 80. Let's see what I'm rolling. Okay. Brain, don't fail me now. Oh, 84. <laughs> <laughs> I like butter <laughs> sculpting. Uh, Sven, why don't you make a listen roll? If such a thing exists. Uh, is it still there? Does it still exist? Listen, is there, yeah. Yeah, okay. Make I a listen s- roll. I have a 70 in that, too. Oh, nice. All right. That 24. Yeah. yeah, great. So from across the room, since you're kind of having this like... That's a hard <laughs> listen, too. You know, sort of, uh, you know, awkward silence mm-hmm. uh, with this Michelle character and Lady Margaret. Um, you hear the you hear that name, Tychewski. So now make you get to make an intelligence roll. Does it ring a bell? So, yeah, I'll just uh, say, oh, yes, I run a uh, a rare book uh, store out of uh, Berlin. Do you now? Yes. So he uh, reaches in his tuxedo and produces a card and hands it to you. Okay, so I'll uh, exchange with my, one of my cards. So I'll, I'll look at his uh, card. Well, I'll look at his card first, and then I'll exchange. Mm, of course, of course. Does this uh, fill in any blanks when my intelligence uh, failed? Ooh. Does this give me maybe a reroll? Mm, Am I fishing here? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you didn't make the roll. So, um, but yeah, it's just you know Nikolai Tychevsky import export. You know, and there's an address in Greece, and it's um, about it. Oh, huh, so I. I uh, you know, give him one of my cards too, which is uh, uh, Steinberg and Hahn, mm. uh, booksellers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. antiques bookselling. Yeah, mm. a, lot of, a lot of little. Uh, it's very intriguing, you know. It's kind of maybe has like an onk on it or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, mentioned to him that my associate and I were actually considering uh, heading to Greece later this year, and. Uh, it would be uh, uh, wonderful if we could get together and have dinner and perhaps uh, discuss a little business at that time. And that's where I, I show up. Because <laughs> I'm hearing that he's talking to somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's not the talker. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to ruin it for us. <laughs> I, might have, I might have already ruined it. <laughs> yeah, my parents actually like on his head like pecking him. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like shitting down the back of the head. <laughs> Uh, have the brain. <laughs> You'll have some stains on your shirt. <laughs> I'll just wheel backwards. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. 
So, uh, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Sven, you're on the you're on the scene. Okay. Pleased to meet you, uh, Sven Hahn of uh, Sterling and Hunt. Of course, I I noted it on on this card. Excellent. Uh, Are you uh, looking to do any side business? You know, we have some things we'd like to trade. Oh. Yeah. Here's our catalog sheet. Does anything there sound interesting to you? <laughs> so he pops in a monocle. And this represents just a, you know, a sample, but there we have many other more... Of course, and if there's something that you're looking for specifically, we might be able to procure it for you. Hmm. Yes. Yes. This is, uh... This is most interesting. I will, um... I will definitely peruse this, uh... when I get a chance. So he... he Tucks it in an inside pocket of his tuxedo jacket. Um, well then, I think I'm going to go take my chances with Lady Margaret. Good luck. She <laughs> is... <laughs> yeah, it just trails off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'll, when he when he wanders off, I'll, pay, I'll kind of pay attention to how he uh, gets along with the Lady Margaret. Like, kind of reader body language and stuff. I'm Psychology role, please. Okay. Ooh, I don't know if I'm... Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert at reading people, you know. I believe she's his mother. Nope. 48. Uh, oh. So, yeah, she is... The, I think she's a feeling... Thomas? She is bored, bored woman. Even I can't crack that nut. Mm. So what is what happens? They're just kind of talking a bit. They're, they're talking a bit, and again, she's just kind of. Feeling... I'm gonna wait for him to wander off. Okay. And when that happens, I'm gonna whisper something mm. to my parrot. <laughs> right. And then kind of wheel up next to her, but not looking at her. Okay. Just kind of like I'm just kind of wheeling by, like you know, maybe drinking my hand. Right. Right. And then my parrot's gonna strike my wingman, so oh. to speak. Okay. <laughs> your wingman, so to speak. Okay. All right. So you're wheeling by. Yeah. That's blood. That's blood. The other parrot's like, ah, do I show the organ? Oh, boy. You have beautiful eyes. And then I'll spin around, embarrassed. <sighs> my deepest apologies. He's uh. A bit of a, a gad. So she uh, she looks a bit taken aback. Yeah. Naughty, naughty parrot. <laughs> naughty parrot. I uh, truly apologize. I can't mm. take him anywhere. Yeah, she uh, she just looks... Um, Delighted? No. Intrigued? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll quote from the text here. It says, She will not speak to anyone who is not impeccably dressed or who commits a blunder in etiquette. <laughs> Wait, she will... Oh. Yeah. She, oh, she I'm won't not, talk to Why don't you give me a credit that? rating roll? I'm not impeccably dressed. <laughs> Would you really call it a blunder, though? Let's find out. Let's see what that credit rating roll. Is it my blunder or is it the parrot's blunder? <laughs> she will not speak to that parrot. <laughs> the parrot is impeccably dressed. <laughs> You did, you did establish that, it's true. Well, maybe she will talk to him. All right, credit rating, here we go. All right. Success. Ooh, all right. So, so she, um, 
<clears throat> she looks uh, less than amused. Uh, but she does say in German, she says, well, that is what happens when you bring a parrot to a fancy dinner, sir. Don't tell him he doesn't know he's a parrot. So nothing? Just blank? It's kind of like, mm. I was just, just going to turn around and wheel away. <laughs> just wheel back to Sven and just stop. Yeah. Maybe grab know. a champagne glass right. off of a padding waiter's tray. Yoink. Alright, let's uh, get this let's get this dinner over with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um Yeah, so in uh, in due course <laughs> In due course a, a silver bell is rung and uh that is a signal for you all to congregate in the uh next room, uh which is of course a fancy dining room with uh, chandeliers and mirrors and uh, you know, gold um, accoutrement. Um, and uh, more champagne is produced and schnitzels and ah. so forth. So, um, let's see. Thomas, you are seated next to Michelle de Borsalin. Oh, sweet Jesus. And, <laughs> and a... Um, an American who was introduced to you as George Walker. Is he wearing a cowboy hat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw! Pleased to meet you. Everyone's wearing tuxedos. Okay. And no hats. Um, uh, now, you can give me um, an occult role when you're introduced to Michelle. So this isn't... Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, cult is... 47. Okay. Here we go. 4%. Nice. So is that some kind of... Check that occult. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, that is a, that is a special success. So you have actually heard of this gentleman. You've read about him, in fact. Okay. Um, he bills himself as a spiritualist. Okay. And a medium. So a charlatan. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he he builds himself as a medium who communicates with the dead. Okay, and what's his name again? Michel de Borsavon. Okay. Have I read any of his... Uh, is, he, is he also an author? Or I, I would say accounts? with a success like that, yes, you have actually read... Um, uh, you know, like a profile on him that had an inter- interview, so you you know okay. quite a bit about him. You know, you were recently reading this you okay. know, magazine article or whatever it was. So um, I, su- I suppose when there's an opportunity, I'm s- guessing when we sit down to introduce ourselves, right? And right, I'll say, right. "Oh, Monsieur de, de Bossavon, uh, I read about you late recently in this, you know, right. Spiritualist Monthly." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dean Quarterly. All right. Ah, oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I found the article quite interesting, especially your opinions on... Me, me, me. Communication with the dead. Yeah. Okay. Transdimensional communication. Yes, of course. Um, very good. Um, and then, uh, Sven, you are seated on the other side of the table. Uh, you are seated between a Swede named Daniel Coulson. He's a young man. How old were you again? I'm 21. So he's he's about your age. Okay. Um, and um, 
that's on your right, and on your left is a uh, local Austrian named Klaus Hundeprest, who looks to be in his 50s. So, Hundeprest um, seems a bit stuffy. Um, the Swede Colson is uh, amiable enough. Uh, in fact, sort of presses you, you know, with some light questions, you know. Like, oh, uh, what, what is your interest here? I, I've come for the alchemical uh, lots. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. So you, uh, you dabble a little bit with the, uh, chemicals. Mm. <laughs> chemicals. Um... No, it was it was mostly just my field of study at university. I wrote some papers on the history of alchemy in the Middle Ages. Uh, mostly interested in greyhound racing these days, actually. Oh, oh yeah, it's greyhound racing. It's uh, it's actually quite a quite an interesting sport. <laughs> and he he begins to like go into the history of greyhound racing. Uh oh, you got one of those guys next to you. Mm-hmm. Now, see the thing with uh, with training a greyhound is that you have to be very careful, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the talker. It's great. Oh yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, dinner uh, is uh, otherwise you know excellent. Uniformly, mm-hmm. five courses. All schnitzel. All schnitzel. All schnitzel all the time. All schnitzel all day. Schnitzel stuff with schnitzel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so by 11 p.m., plates have been cleared away. The last of the custard has been consumed. After dinner, liqueurs all around. Yes, exactly. exactly. C- cigars and pipes mm-hmm. and all that. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Nice spritzer. Uh, uh, Herr Ausperg was, of course, in attendance mm-hmm. and was actually getting on quite well with Lady Margaret. Of, of course, course he was. He was. Great fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, she actually, you actually saw her smiling and laughing for the first time. Oh. <sighs> what does he have that I don't have? Gold digger. <laughs> a parrot. A wheelchair. I know, man. <laughs> How many more props do I need to bring? <laughs> Seriously. Wearing a top hat, come on. <laughs> Wearing a top hat. I swear, if I had a cane, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to do that. So, um, uh, the chiming of, a, of another small bell indicates it's time to move on to the next portion of the evening. So, Herr Osberg uh, rises and says, uh, We will be. Uh, decamping into the auction room uh, presently. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I would ask you all follow me into the green room, uh, where we will um, you will have an opportunity to take a look at the items on offer. Mm, okay. So everyone rises and moves back into the green room, and a table has been set up with fine linen cloth, and on the table indeed are the items. Um, or some of the items, uh, that is. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, champagne and brandy are on offer, as well as Viennese coffees and a variety of fabulous pastries. Mm-hmm. So, um, pastries. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, the green room is the auction room. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, so yes, there's a, you know there's easy chairs in the room that you can uh, relax in, and um, and so yeah, basically the way it works is they, paddle. they bring mm-hmm. out the item that's going to be offered and it's set on the table, and then everyone has a chance to come over, take a look, you know, until you're satisfied, and then they start the bidding. Okay. So, go. All right. So, lot one is the Ankh Egyptian. So the quartet falls silent as the Ankh is brought out, and you are all allowed to file past the table and get a good look at it. So, any interest in this? It is um, circa 550 BC. It's about nine inches high, four inches across the arms, composed of an alloy of copper and silver, bearing untranslated hieratic markings about the front. First known to be in the possession of Theosophus Magnus, a 14th century sorcerer, reportedly used this item as an adjunct in summoning demons. It was lost when he was burnt at the stake in 1371, and has since gone through several other hands, most notably Lady Maria Spendoza of Madrid in 1587. She is said to have murdered children and bathed the Ankh in their blood to give it supernatural qualities, whence comes its common appellation, the Blood Ankh. Hmm... Boring. <laughs> Seen it. I got sure that I got one of those back in the shop. <laughs> yeah, I thought we had. Did we have a I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have the bug. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. That's. There's no way we can afford that. <laughs> you can't even afford the minimum bid. <laughs> I think we can't afford the minimum bid on most of these. Things. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we'll have to take out a line of credit. I'm sure. All right. So. um... Very good. So, let's see here. Uh, okay. Okay, good. So, um, so you guys just watch as the um, bidding gets underway. Mm-hmm. Um, four people bid on it. Um, Tychewski is one of them. George Walker, the American, mm-hmm. is another one. Hundeprest, the Austrian you sat next to, is a yes, third. Yes. And then a, an Englishman named Sir Martin Murray. Sir Martin and Hundeprest um, kind of go back and forth, and in the end, Hundeprest stands down, and Sir Martin Murray gets the onk. How much did that thing go for? It went for 600 pounds. That's more than... To my entire worth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is rather, you know, fantastic. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, lot two. A slide of hand of 75%. Oh, shit. <laughs> blood on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blood on. Our blood on. Blood on. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a plastic on. <laughs> All right, so um, 
Lot 2 is brought out. This is the manuscript of Beth Elohim. This is written circa 1580. In Hebrew, pages are illuminated with gold leaf, leather binding, octavo size, 426 leaves. Minimum bid, 60 pounds. Now, this book uh, 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 transcribed is almost identical to uh, some cuneiform tablets found in ancient Sumer. By the way, just let me kick it back right here. Okay, well you can make an occult roll. See what you know about this thing. Alright, alright. Occult roll, I think it's 47. Alright, let's check. Indeed it is. Come on, dice. 82. I think I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Pass. All right, so, um, so yeah, are, are you interested in this, or? Um, well, it's a Hebrew manuscript, so that's kind of a bit of an appeal there. Well, personal appeal. Personal appeal. But, I mean, yeah, it was also a business opportunity. Yeah. There's now, when, when you say, yeah, the books, the books, I mean, all these multiple lots, I mean, they're, they're, that's one of the only books here. There's that one, there's the Magus, mm-hmm. there's the uh, Book of the Law. Prodigies in the New England Canon. Yeah, there's a few books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is one that I think, yeah, you know what? Now, how does this line of credit work? Uh, <laughs> well, you'd have to arrange that, you know, after the auction, basically. Oh, because I, I can't even afford this. <laughs> Not even the minimum bid. You know, maybe I'll just bid just. What, what are your. Uh... 80 bucks, which translates to about. <laughs> Well, that's, that's what cash you have. What are your assets? 2000 Oh, see, there you go. Oh, but that's not, like, tied up in books and other things? No, that, that's, like, yeah, I mean, that's what you can, like, bring to bear on this auction, basically. But it's just 500 pounds. 500 pounds. 500 well, pounds, yeah. yeah. maybe I'll, you know what? I'll throw in a bid. Okay. 60 pounds. <laughs> and 60 pounds, 60 pounds. Do I hear 65, 65? No, that's not how he's auctioning. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that, but in German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's see here. So you, you start the bids at 60. Uh, so Michel de Borsovam, mm-hmm. you know, jumps in on it. Uh, let's see. How much increases the bid? Roll a d6. Okay. So, um, de Borsovam bids 100. One fifty. Ooh. Let's see here. Okay. 190. 200. That seems to be enough for Michelle. And is it going to be enough? Yes. Nobody else bids. Sold to Herr Steinberg. So that's a nice, cool thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. What have I done? <laughs> you bankrupted us, you idiot. <laughs> Albert, I'm gonna have to sell you. <laughs> oh, poor oh, Albert. Fine. That book is easily worth three to four thousand American. Could be. Could be. At least. <laughs> So it was a wise decision. Oh well, 
in your capable hands, yes. Mm-hmm. But first, we must transcribe it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. <laughs> and I must learn Hebrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't just talk like this. Yeah. So, uh, lot three is the multiple lot. And so they bring out the cassock embroidered with various signs of ceremonial magic, a hickory wand carved with astrological signs, and an athame, which is a long pointy dagger. Uh, it is cast from bronze inlaid with silver designs, about 12 inches long. All three items are scorched as if exposed to extreme heat. Hmm. Um, another cult roll. Might reveal a bit more. Mm. Yeah. Oh, cold roll of five. Default. Yeah. Oh, I thought I got a two, but I got a twenty. Mm. I made it exactly. Excellent. Um, you recognize that those three items together are often used in contemporary performance of ceremonial magic. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pass. Yeah. And let's see if anyone else. On this. Um, yes, there's there's a few interested bids. Um, there's a Hungarian gentleman gentleman named Lesek Chernin. Then there's that George Walker fellow, Darnell uh, Danell Colson, and Lady Margaret all put in bids. And in the end, the item goes to Lady Margaret for a mere one hundred pounds. So I have the buying power of a hundred pounds. Okay. I'm just saying that, right? Yeah. 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 If, you, if you have 500 in assets, yeah. I, so I have, uh, you said it was divided by five, right? Yeah. So I have 400 pounds worth yeah. of buying power. No, actually, I have 200 pounds. I have 200, yeah, after that. Okay. Lot four is the Hand of Glory. This is the preserved left hand of a human marked overall with mystic designs. Uh, when it is brought out, it's you know quite a gruesome sight. The uh, skin is waxy and stretched over the bones of the hand. Uh, you know, sitting on a uh, doily on a silver platter. Um, each finger supports a candle reportedly made of rendered human fat. Oh, that's grisly. Mm-hmm. But let us steal at 20 pounds. Yeah. No. It's not our style. It's not our style. It's not our style of trading human <laughs> we, remains. We don't sell, yeah. We're not a human remains store. Bookstore. Book yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can put it under plexiglass up front, you know. Oh, yeah. Bring in the crowds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have books. Is this... Is that a human hand? Yeah, come yeah, come check out our books. Come <laughs> with a hand, stay for the books. There you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one is a um, three-way bidding war between Lady Margaret, George Walker, and Coulson. And uh, in the end, it goes to George Walker for 150 pounds. Okay, lot five. Their living conditions must be so drab. With all this dark stuff in their homes. I know. I go there. <laughs> I see it. Switch it out with like a rubber hand. Like birthday candles. Okay, so yes, next up is lot 
five. This is uh, an African fetish of teakwood and hair, about seven inches tall, in the style of the Hausi tribe of Western Africa, and an African drug, a drug, African drum. <laughs> oh man! Teakwood and skin, uh, irregularly shaped, about sixteen inches tall. Okay. Brought back from Africa by explorer Winston Reese Smith, who recently passed away. Can you tell them that? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, do you have any points in biology? I don't. Oh, okay. All right, then. Okay. No interest? Mm-hmm. No. All right, that one, uh, let's see here. That one ends up going to George Walker as well. Klaus Hundeprest ran up the price a little bit, uh, but it ends up going for 125 hmm. Mm-hmm. And then lot six, The Magus, book by Francis Barrett, first edition, 1801. It's brought out. Looks like it's in good, good shape. Do we have one of these? You've seen them before. I make an education roll. Too. Nice. Um, yes, this, this book helped start the occult renaissance of the 19th century. Um, the author was considered a learned man by some and a fraud by others, uh, but his book has become one of the mainstays of modern occultism and deals with alchemy, astrology, ceremonial magic, and demonology. So you've seen lots of copies of this book, actually, but yeah. a first edition is pretty rare. But it's it's less like the the manuscript of Beth Beth is more like something that I'm interested in studying. Yeah, this right. is more just like if I was a collector, kind of. Maybe yeah, this, uh, you put it in your you know kind of front display. Or, yeah, like the know, Michelle like de first Bichelon. edition. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Exclamation okay. point. I'll um I'll pass on this one. Okay. Or you, do you think it's something we should? Um, I I bid I bid twenty. Well, the minimum, I think, is 50. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is quite collectible, so it depends on how... If we could turn around, but I think, uh, I mean... Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking turn around, so 50. I'll start it off. Okay. Uh, let's see, that's lot six, so... Um, okay, Lady Margaret. Let's see if she's going to get in on this. Yes, she is. So she ups the bid to 100. No. No. Okay. I mean, if I could make a quick buck. I'd well, yeah, I think your, your thing is more about, like, the turn the turnaround. Mine's more about, like, I need that book because I want to read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're in danger of going out of business because you don't want yeah, to sell Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but then you go through, like, all my ba- the back stock, like, all the shit that I bought, and you're like, we, we got to sell some of this or we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to pay rent. Or we're going to go broke. <laughs> Seriously, dude, come on. Like, fine, fine, I read that. So, Tycheski gets in on the action as well, and by the end of the auction, Lady Margaret uh, wins the auction with 170. Damn. Damn. Yeah. That was a popular book. We should have caught that. Shit. At at a steal, I would have caught that. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, they're paying retail. Yeah. Okay, so lot seven is a sword, circa 1350. 
Uh, first belonged to alchemist and sorcerer Paracelsus. It is 42 inches long with a crystal pommel engraved with the word Azoth. Minimum bid, 250 pounds. Let's see who the high rollers are. You can make a cult roll to uh, I'll make another recall the roll back. And I know nothing of this. Okay. Makes sense. It's kind of out of my... Uh, yeah, out of your purview. Let's see who's interested in this one. Um... Okay, so it, um, you know, there's there's some bidding, uh, Klaus Wunderpress puts in the initial bid, but that Austrian fellow, uh, Lesek Chernin... Did you guys see the next one? No, uh, uh, you didn't really get to meet him, he was, he was very reclusive. Oh. Uh, but yes, he gets into a uh, bidding war with uh, Coulson, the Swede, um, and so... The Greyhound, uh, mm-hmm. Greyhound enthusiast, and oh, Coulson ends and swords. <laughs> Coulson ends up uh, getting the sword for five hundred pounds. I heard that Greyhounds are great brazed. Oh shit! Because you just got burned. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the Swede, the Swede won that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're on that lot eight. Lot I eight. would have paid more than a hundred for that. Well, because that's all you have. <laughs> you wouldn't pay more than a hundred for anything. Are you gonna let me work my deal in the Swede? Sorry, I suck at this. I suck at this. I think that sword's fake. So, you know, you get a couple looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everyone's just kind of sitting there, you know. Oh, is this like the um, intermission? Well, you'd think so, maybe, but uh, judging by Herr Ausberg's um, somewhat ruffled outer appearance, you know, like he's. Psychological? Sure. It's ten percent default, so make it default too. I failed. As did I. Yeah. He appears ruffled. He appears a bit ruffled. Um you can't tell why. Um but he the the fellow who, you know, has been fetching the items um has not returned with uh lot eight. And so after several minutes, uh Ausberg dispatches a uh, second uh, fellow in a tuxedo to uh, to go look into it. Are there any are there kind of whispers at this point? Like, say, what's going on? Um, just kind of looking around, like, what's the holdup, you know? Okay. What's the holdup? <laughs> <laughs> that sassy parrot. He's so sassy. He says what other people think. That's right. You can't, can't keep him down. So... Moments after the second uh, servant leaves the room, the air is rent by a scream. Ah! Oh, so, uh, I'll, uh, like, 
You guys can make pow rolls. Pow, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Succeeded. Here we go. 30. Succeeded. Great. So you guys are both free to act as you wish. Oh, I'm going to pickpocket the Swede. <laughs> uh, well, that's I'm one, going to, that's one way to act. I'm going to wheel in the direction of the screen. Okay. Are you really going to try and pickpocket the Swede? Mm-hmm. I'm going to bump into him and pretend like I'm like... You guys are all seated in our like, chairs. Like, like I'm wigging out, you know? <laughs> so, so you're going to fall on him sitting in an armchair. <laughs> and then pie at him. Try to t- try to pick the sword from his pocket. Oh no! You, oh, yeah, that was just the money that he was going to pay the sword with. Gotcha. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. He didn't actually. Well, he's carrying around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I won. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. Okay, great. Pretend so, like I'm gonna get up and run, and I'm gonna trip over his feet. Okay. And I'm gonna stand up and. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Let me let me ask you this. Let me just let me just kind of put a little break on this real quick. Just uh-huh. a little, you know, freeze frame. Uh huh. Uh-huh. No, we've been to these before, right? Yes. Ch- I mean, what are the odds that he has like a money clip with just fat wad, <laughs> fat wad of hundred dollar bills, or yeah. more likely that he arranges something after the fact at the auction yes, house? That's far more likely. Uh, <laughs> with, yeah. with this amount of money tra- transacting, yeah, yeah. you're probably right. <laughs> How much do we got? 500? He's pulling a money clip. Yeah. 100, 200, <laughs> Hey, I'm just thinking quick on my feet, okay? I'm thinking. Get money, get paid. <laughs> another day, another dollar. We're, we're, we're not criminals. Well, he is. Oh, yeah, maybe you are. You're actually, you are, aren't you? Yeah. It's technically, his occupation is criminal. <laughs> okay. So, okay, well, I guess... So, by all means, go for it. <laughs> Never mind, carry on. But sometimes they do have money clips. Sometimes they do. You know, I mean, this guy, obviously, if he's willing to drop that kind of money for a sword, he has money, you know, I mean, either on him. I mean, just look at... If you have assets of 500, that means I've, I'm, I've got $20 in cash. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, how much is your cash? 80 Get money, get paid. But everybody's just sitting, right? Yes. I'll wait till people start running. <laughs> the only person freaking out. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah. My acting is only forty, so. Oh, okay. It wouldn't fall for it. I'll wait. To, I'll wait until everybody else runs hysterically, and then I'll start. Sorry. <laughs> hmm. What was my take home, Dave? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm just looking at this in terms of acting plus sleight of hand. I think you would have to combine the two, uh, skill rolls. So, let's see. Yeah, you would have to make a roll on both of those skills. Yeah, but that's, that's to pretend like there's something happening that's not. Right. If everybody is already running out of their seats, then it would probably be a sleight of hand roll. Because I'm bumping into them, like... Okay, okay. All right, so you're going to wait. Yep. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, Thomas is following uh, Harrisburg, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, so there's a scream in Harrisburg is going back to where the they're bringing the items out. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to kind of wheel, because I'm guessing everyone's sitting, but since I'm in a wheelchair, maybe I'm kind of in an aisle seat. Right, right. With, so I'll may, hopefully be kind of in a position seat. where I can just kind of like, whoop. Right. You're probably just on in the aisle, literally. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think back then they had, you know, wheelchair seat spots. No, you know? no, definitely not. Okay, so yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of wheel over. I'll 
Because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, curious. I mean, sure, sure. Well, you can see out in the in the hall, you know, like in the main hall. Basically, there's an adjacent room, and that's where they had the auction items. So, you know, the person would go into this adjacent room and get an item for auction and bring it back in. Octoon, octoon. And, <laughs> and so you can see. Um, Hausberg uh, kneeling at the open door of the of the adjacent room, and kind of spilling out of that door, um, sprawled out on the floor is the uh, assistant. Okay, so he's clearly motionless and unconscious. Ooh, <laughs> trying to figure out something for your parrot to say. Yes. Thank God. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just flipping through this German phrase book for fun. Just trying to get get on a page that might be useful. Okay. Um. So I'll yeah I'll uh kind of wheel up. I don't think I have any. Um, Do you have first aid. I really have the I have the um default first aid. Just thirty percent. Okay. Just to kind of see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stick your fingers in it. Here we go. Ooh, God, 83. So, uh, I'm going to say... Put some leeches on it. Now I'm going to go with... Um, he's got the plague. Right. So, Osberg's kind of just slapping him lightly around the, the cheeks, uh, trying to bring him back around. Um, as you wheel up, you can see past the two of them, since one's on the ground and the other's mm-hmm. kneeling. Um, the room beyond is uh, just in shambles. The uh, furniture is destroyed. The articles for auction lie strewn around the floor. And the first assistant, who was sent to fetch lot eight, um, has been torn asunder. So, uh, I'll gasp. Mm-hmm. And probably make some kind of roll. Yes, indeed. <laughs> You're going to make a sand roll. Okay. Does uh, Albert need to make a sand roll? No, he's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If there was a cat jumping out, maybe. Yeah. Or if it was a parrot torn asunder, then. <laughs> right. No, you wouldn't want to see a parrot torn asunder for sure. Mm. Mm. Sanity roll. Okay, so I need a 50 or less. Alright. 57. Ooh, too bad. Ah, is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you feel as if the ground is dropping away from under you as you lose five sand points. Oh! Is that, is, like, is that a, uh, oh, that's a 10% drop. Oh, that's good. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, yeah that's a 10% drop, so 20% is, is the, the one you want oh, to be okay. careful. Oof. But five points in one go... That's temporary. Temporary. So, goodness gracious. Let's see. Let's try well, and get this. Try and get these new sand rolls. Party sand rolls, right? So, an investigator loses five or more sanity points as a result of one roll. Sufficient emotional trauma has been suffered. So, make an intelligence roll, please. Intelligence roll. Okay. Well, hey, that's not too bad. Oh wait, actually, I want to fail. You want to fail this? Yes. No. <laughs> All right, dice. Kind of shitty to me. Mm-hmm. We need more of that shittiness. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, I succeeded. You realize what you see? Okay. Ah, uh, 
All right, so um, let's see here. <laughs> they find me. I'm just like a field position. That Dosh is not that shit. Let's see here. So, while experiencing a bout of madness, the investigator loses all self-control. In game terms, this means the control of the investigator is handed from the player to the keeper for a short amount of real-world time. Do I get up and run around? Recently, <laughs> <laughs> you can walk. It is up to the keeper whether this control takes the form of dictating specific actions or if it means giving the player guidelines on how to play out the madness however long it may last. On the upside, the investigator cannot lose further sanity points while experiencing a bout of madness. The mind is completely unhinged at this point. Any subsequent horrors are either forgotten or later believed to be manifestation of madness. Protection is limited. Bout of madness lasts 1d10 combat rounds. If being played out, maybe longer, in which case the bout is summarized by the keeper. Okay, so... Each time an investigator suffers a bout of madness, the keeper may amend one of the investigator's backstory entries or add a new one. Oh, already? Uh-huh. These alterations serve two purposes. The first is to reflect the investigator's descent into madness by adding irrational entries or corrupting existing ones. Oh, God, please don't do anything to Albert. (laughs) (laughs) Second entries can be added or altered to reflect events in the story and thus tie the investigator into the plot more strongly. Player and keeper should work together to add or revise backstory entries appropriately. Suitable entries might include wild-eyed, thousand-yard stare, world-weary, or no longer cares for their own appearance (laughs) under personal description. Uh, Ideology. Okay, let's see. Mm, Meaningful locations. Okay, treasured possessions. What's your treasured Mm -hmm. possession? Oh, no, I'm dead. Uh, treasure possession. Oh, treasure possession is your pet parrot. Oh, no. Jesus. Wait, you didn't. Uh, you didn't make that your core. No, you didn't. Uh oh. It is easy to lose possessions while one's mind is disrupted by insanity. Any po- any possessions might be erased or noted as lost. <laughs> Albert just flies away. <laughs> Shit. I might have to go that way. I don't know. Let's see here. Um. I could give him a phobia or mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Hmm. of madness summary. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The bout of madness happens away from the company of other investigators. Or if all the investigators present suffer a bout of madness simultaneously, the keeper can simply fast forward the action and describe the outcome. The keeper may describe. Okay. Alright, so good stuff. Let's see here. Albert's mm. gone, bro. You know, I think I think we're gonna go the one that makes sense would be a phobia. I think, um, you know, pick up a new phobia. Okay. Probably, probably blood. I'm thinking. That makes sense. You know. Um, mm, yeah. 
Fear of Books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, yeah, let's do Fear of Blood. Okay. That's your uh, pencil over there. the initial bout of madness is over, the investigator enters a lower level state of underlying insanity. Control of the investigator is placed firmly in the hands of the player, and freely choose how to roleplay being insane. While the player is not compelled to do so, aspects of the original bout of madness might be reincorporated for the duration of the underlying insanity. While the fragile state of underlying insanity, uh, while in the fragile state of underlying insanity, any further loss of sanity points, even a single point, will result in another bout of madness. So, in the case of temporary insanity, that is 1d10 hours. I'll make that roll and note it down. Okay. Alright. So, yeah, basically, um, <clears throat> you know, you're, uh, you look into this room and then it's just like one of those force push <laughs> camera effects, you know, it's just like, because all you can see is just all this blood all over the room, chunks of this servant scattered about, he was literally, you know, you can just see, like, the exposed bone uh, on his upper arms, where his arms are just pulled right out of their sockets, you know, mm. um, his head is, like, twisted completely backwards on his torso, um, legs bent and broken, one you know, just torn right off at the knee, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et um, and so, yeah, essentially, um, back in the uh, auction room, you just hear this, like, high-pitched screaming, and you know that it's uh, Thomas. He's like, ah! 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 Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else get up? Oh, yeah. Well, now... Like, some of the people are, are just rooted to their seats, but others others get up. Anybody near me getting up? <laughs> Any, anyone pickpocketable? Is that, mm-hmm. what is that what you're asking? So I think, I'm guessing, I'm, I'd guess that at my screaming, Albert would probably freak out and, like, fly. Mm. Like, you know, and so he's probably, like, now flying around in circles of the ceiling, and I'm just kind of locked in my wheelchair just screaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, um, Herr Augsburg is, you know, jumped up and is kind of, you know, shaking you about the shoulders, trying to snap you out of it, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, so as far as for Sven, um, George Walker, the American, is mm. uh, kind of pushing past you. See what's going on. What did you do? Well, at least you didn't fumble. I rolled a 79. Yeah. Out of yeah. 75. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you didn't fumble, uh, so there you go. But, yeah, you just you can't get a good bead on his, you know, yeah. money clip or whatever. Right. Yeah. Not what I thought it would be. Right, exactly. So what are you doing? Can I head far? Hmm? My head to his character? Head, head down the hall. Okay. So, yeah, you know... You see the same thing, Ausberg now trying to work on uh, Thomas, snap him out of it, uh, a parrot flying around at the, top, at the ceiling <laughs> of the hall. 
Yeah, yeah, smashing into windows. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, this this terrible scene in the room beyond. So go ahead, and make a sand roll, please. No, that, that's a no. I take it. Ninety-eight. 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 Eh. Mmm. 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 Mm. Let's see here. Well, sir. Um, Five point. I a fumbled sanity roll results in the character losing the maximum sanity points for that particular encounter. He fumbled his sand roll. Oh. <laughs> so he he came around the corner and saw the same thing. Yeah. Hey, Alex. There you go. Mm-hmm. Option in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, a fumble is a 96 to 100, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So you actually lose six points of sand because Ooh, it was a oh D6 roll. So, oh, shit. Go ahead and mark off six points and make an intelligence roll. I failed it. Good. So, uh,. I'll just need a con roll from you then. One. So I made that. You made that. Alright, so you have to take a couple steps back. You um, you know, let out a, a small scream of your own. Clasp your hand to your, to your mouth. Um, suppressing dinner coming back up, you know, but, um, but you managed to, to hold it together. You, you just immediately dissociate, basically. So. Hey, Thomas, it's time to get going. <laughs> Herr Osberg, it's nice knowing you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thomas? Yes. He's wonderful. <laughs> a lovely evening. Dinner was delicious, and the auction was uh, much to my liking as well. Splendid for us. Let's go. Good night. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. <laughs> okay. So... Um, so yes, you are uh, you are on your way out the uh, the main door, and uh, as uh, as Sven is you know kind of helping Thomas negotiate the, the stairs, uh, the first of uh, the police response comes screaming up outside, sirens wailing, and so uh, you know guys get out of the car. Um, you can see there was a, you know, kind of a foot patrolman who obviously heard the screams and called them in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as you're coming down the stairs, you know, the, the footman comes up and he's like, all right, nobody leave. Nobody leave. This is a crime scene. Nobody leave? I've got uh, an elderly gentleman here with uh, Parkinson's. He needs medical attention. Parkinson's. <laughs> 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 um, 
I'm trying to fast talk my way out of it. Of course, of course. Let's see. Actually, that would be more of an intimidate roll, I think. And you will need an extreme success on that. I have no no intention of intimidating a police officer. Mm-hmm. Back inside we go. <laughs> Ooh, getting some fresh air. <laughs> Better to leave the shark in the tank than out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, basically you guys are, are herded back into the uh, Ausberg house, auction house. Um, uh, you guys are all kind of brought back into the, uh, the green room area. Um, and, uh, Herr Ausberg obviously is off dealing with the, um, with the police. Um, but, you know, some of the, some of the assistants are, you know, kind of trying to Smooth everything over, producing more champagne and that kind of thing, you know. So, um, not a whole lot really to say, right? You know, everyone's just kind of shocked. Oh, what do you think could have done it? You know, the man was, was torn limb from limb. Which was an animal. An animal must have gotten in the room. Yeah, I have nothing to add to this. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> sit there quietly and wait for us to be let out. A rather mm-hmm. large, a rather large animal, actually. A predatory cat of some sort. <laughs> wow. Do they keep those animals here? These types of animals as uh, pets? I know some of the counts like to do that. Have, uh, you know, rare animals. I know that some people collect them. Hmm. So, uh, Tychowski weighs in on it. So, well, that would be a most, uh, <laughs> most bizarre occurrence, I think. Well, I mean, what else could it be? Hmm. What else indeed? So, in due course, uh, the police... Uh, come in this time accompanied by some detectives and uh, you know statements are taken Um, hmm. why don't you guys make listen rolls made it Um, so Sven, you overhear a couple of the policemen chatting after they've, after you've given your statement, you know, and they're saying something about like, you know, how this might be connected to the, uh, grave desecrations at the old cemetery. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in due course, the uh, police are done with you all, and you are released. It is past 1 a.m., and uh, you're free to make your way back to your hotel. Okay, let's give this one more shot. Okay, Sven, you can do this. 
pickety puppety boo. You're trying to pick people's pockets in a room filled with police officers. Yeah, as we're being ushered out, yeah. Go for it. Do it, man. Alright. Oh, I fucking made it. Um, okay. I made one, it. One extra thing. I want you to add a, a penalty dice, which is you roll the tens dice a second time, and you take the worst of the two results. Doesn't matter to nine. Yeah, but you're rolling the tens dice again. Oh. So you can get a 99. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, that is a little bit trickier. Mm-hmm. Eighty nine. Uh-huh. Well, at least you didn't fumble. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew about this new rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Yeah. No, it's actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nothing. No. Okay. Good. Where do people keep their money here? I pocket. thought it would be the pocket, but they must be putting it in a different pocket than I'm usually used to. <laughs> Imagine looking. a character like... Like one of the like the naked guy, like you're using a pickpocket, and your head goes completely through the coat and starts pickpocketing like a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you pull out like a gun. You're like a gun, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Billy Club. <laughs> yeah, we found the culprit. I'm having no luck. <laughs> All that for Sven tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe uh, Albert gave you away. So, um, as you're on your way out and failing to pick anyone's pocket, um, Herr Ausberg comes over just to kind of make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Am I aware that he's picking pockets? I don't know. Are you what? <laughs> aware that you're picking pockets? No. Okay, so this is just something you're doing. So I take it you're not, like, next to me, then. You're kind of just off doing Well, I'm next to you. I'm pushing your wheelchair. So you're trying to pick... Okay, I feel completely justified in assigning that penalty dice. You're trying to pick people's pockets while pushing a wheelchair in a room full of police officers. Okay. Well, okay. but I'm kind of catatonic still, right? Well, um, okay. No, you're you're back. You're, you're yourself again. It's just that um, any further loss of sanity during the uh, interim 1 yeah. to 10 hours would push you back into a state of madness. Okay. So you're feeling... You know, a little shaky, of okay. course, but yeah, you're otherwise okay. Okay, so yeah. I'm terribly sorry, sir. Um, needless to say, this is unprecedented in the history of the House of Ausberg. Uh, I, I don't wish to speak with it. I, I'd prefer to just uh, return to my room now. Of course, I. If I may, trouble you with one request, though. The, uh, yeah, Kyle looks around. The police wish to keep this, uh, quiet for the time being to assist in their investigation, but, uh, I know that you deal in these sorts of things. Uh, one of the items went missing. Which item? It was the brass head. The brass head, now is that one an item that I gotta look at? No, you didn't. I didn't. No. Would I be able to make any kind of a cult roll just based on its description? Certainly, certainly. Any kind of penalty there? The riveted. No, just go for it. The riveted bla- brass head. Indeed. 
Holy shit, I rolled a four. Nice. Which is uh, under 10%. Great. Um, I, already, I already have a check in it, actually. So. Okay. Um, yes, you've heard of this thing. Um, well, because the uh, catalog mentioned that it was similar to the Philosopher's Head, um, that's something you've heard of. Um, supposedly, um, you know, a, a magically enchanted um, sort of, you know, simulacrum of a, of a human head okay. that could um, answer questions dealing in metaphysics and deep philosophy. An unknown ceremony evoked it. Okay. So... Knowing this, yes, this I'm guessing is information that um, that uh, uh, Herr Osberg would mm-hmm. also know, probably. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. it was just some, something that like wasn't in the brochure, but it probably would have been described at the actual auction itself. Mm, possibly, yeah. yeah. So he just wants to know. I mean, his his is it. Actually, you you got you got like an extreme success on yeah. that cult roll, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Let's see. So yeah, you you've actually heard of this specific head. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a German artifact from the thirteenth uh, century. Um, and yeah, it. Um, You've uh, you've actually heard of the of the ceremony used to uh, to evoke it. Actually, that's uh, that's a bit of information you would have that they didn't. Um, and so, okay, yeah, you you've read of this thing that basically you mix um, like flammable liquid like oil or gasoline with mm-hmm. human blood, pour it over the head, and then light it on fire. Okay. And then at that point, supposedly the head begins to talk and impart uh, knowledge. So when uh, when uh, Herr Augsburg approaches me, mm-hmm. you know, kind of out saying this is kind of your, uh, you know, wheel well or whatever, mm-hmm. is he at that point kind of like is he leaving off like a question like do you have any? Basically, like yeah, if. You know, if you have any idea who might have wanted to take it, or if you hear of anything, you know, since you mm-hmm. deal in this general arena. So I won't tip my hand yet, but I will say that um, I have heard of it, mm-hmm. and I am um, a bit familiar with it. Um, I'm only going to be um, in Berlin... Vienna. Vienna. <laughs> I'm going to be in Berlin for, Berlin for the rest of my life, but I'm only going to be in Vienna <laughs> One more day. for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if I can find out anything during that time, you know, I will definitely bring yeah, it to uh, your attention in the police. The room and lodging is expensive out to Vienna. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I would, as you sidle up from, like, trying to pickpocket. That, that would explain why you try to pickpocket me. Yeah. Oh, not him. <laughs> oh, he seems to know what's up. Uh-huh. Um, he, but he catches the hint and he says, Well, um, yes, of course, the police are doing the best work they can, but I know that you might have some ideas that they may not. 
Uh, and if you feel like this is the sort of thing that you may be able to help us with, I would be more than happy to arrange for further accommodations. Question. Yes. These books that I, or where I read about these rituals, and mm-hmm. particularly the crazy, do I still have them in my, in my possession, or are they something that I had just read in passing and now... I'd say you still have them, yeah. With an impale roll, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking that, you know... That's my I, combo deal. I mentioned him. I mentioned to him that you know I do have some books actually on the uh, the uh, philosopher's head and uh, you know some of the uh, lore surrounding it back in my shop and I could possibly send Sven to retrieve it and come back, but that would mean staying in Vienna for at least a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that is something that I feel would be beneficial, then you know of course we would. Need compensation in the form of, uh, you know, a, uh, a lodging and a possible retainer. But I'd be more than willing to assist in the investigation mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. I mean, or you can have the police look into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are. But he's saying you guys might, you know, have. We know they're going to come up empty-handed. Probably. Yeah. I'm also guessing that. <laughs> he, the police are, he says uh, the the manner of of the burglary was most unusual. Well, I imagine that um, among amongst just the I kind of shudder uh, the um, horrific act that that was carried out. That uh, there's also a. Um, the object itself and its value. There's the reputation of your auction house at stake, and there's also the um, just a general balancing of the scales. It may be an order that is not necessarily something the police are concerned about, mm. but might be of concern to you and and in kind of a roundabout way to myself and everyone else who participates in this. Indeed. Um, Let's be honest, be frank here. Somebody who's willing to do what they did for that artifact wouldn't hesitate to do anything. Similar to it again. This is what we must find out. Who would be involved in such a heinous act in to try to steal this thing? So I'll just be frank with uh, Herr Oxford. Would you be willing to keep us on retainer for a week in order to assist with this? Certainly. Return to Sven. Sven, would you mind returning to Berlin and retrieving a list of books if I gave it to you? What's yeah. the round trip between Berlin and Vienna, like date, like time wise? It would be like three days. Okay. So I'll um, I'll kind of do a little digging in the meantime. Nothing major. I actually want to spend the better part of a day just yeah not doing any, just right. just like recovering. Right. Which I think is part of the reason I really don't. I'm not really up for travel at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah and plus, yeah, I could do it a lot faster without you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm almost there. Um. So. We'll do that then. So we'll we'll make the arrangements. I'll write a list of, of the various books, not only the ones that I know for sure have stuff in that, but other ones that I think might have some information in it. Probably won't be more more than a dozen books, mm-hmm. um, heavy, but I mean still manageable. And then uh, yeah, once he gets back, we'll get to work. And Ausberg, you know, of course, understands your you need to go back to the hotel and you know sort of collect yourself. But he asks, perhaps you could meet uh, for lunch the following day. Uh, yes, I, I believe that would be uh, a nice uh, 
I believe that would be more than one D10 hours after my episode of Max. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, even if I rolled Max. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. So, uh, we'll uh, agree to that, and uh-huh. then... Um, mm-hmm. uh, Get a cab back to the. Well, are we going back to? Are we going to be at a new hotel then? Um, hotel is he's just going to keep us. Uh, unless you've got a thing with a that hotel where you just basically give his name, he has a tab or something. Yes, actually, he can get you set up in a nicer hotel. All right. Let's see. He can get you set up. Hotel upgrade. <laughs> he can get you set up at the Hotel Sacher. Mm. Yes. Which is uh, adjacent to the Vienna State Opera House. Famous for the specialty of the house, the Soccer Torta, a chocolate cake with apricot filling. There's an art gallery in the hotel that works from the 19th century. Hmm. Sounds a little, be- a little better than what we were staying at. Yes. With the chalk like outline. Vegas Motel. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas Motel. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um,. So yeah, um, here's a shot of the uh, interior lounge. There you go. Mm, uh huh. Uh-huh. Pretty nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'll do. So. Uh, so. Um, yes. In fact, um, Herr Osberg will meet you um, at the. Uh, there's sort of like an adjacent coffee house. You know. Mm-hmm. Coffee cafe. Yes, the very same. Um, you know, that has, like, um, pastries and coffee and that sort of thing. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> meet you there around 11.30 the next day. They're able to get you set up with a ground floor um, room, if you like, or their lift does work, so. Hmm. Well, if their lift is working, then, yeah, sure, I'll take a little higher up. Yeah. Right. Nice view. Uh-huh. And, of course, you know, the staff is on hand to assist you. Anything you need. Wow. That's nice. They're not just kind of, like, kicking my wheelchair towards the, uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that other hotel. How they just run up behind me and start pushing me a great speed down the hall. Laughing maniacally the whole time. I like car noises. I miss that. Part of me. So, um... So yes, over coffee and, and pastries. Uh-huh. I I depart the following morning, so of course like first, you're on your first, way. Uh, first first train out of Vienna. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yes, over over the meal, Hunter uh, Prest fills you in. Mm-hmm. Um. Essentially, what happened was the burglars tunneled their way into the basement of the Ausberg, um house. Mm-hmm. They tunneled their way in and then took a dumbwaiter up into the prep room because there's this dumbwaiter system for, from the storage vaults down below, mm-hmm. uh, which is where actually the auction goods were being held until that night. Gotcha. So they tunneled into the storage vault that the auction goods had been in and then took the dumbwaiter up into the prep room. And... Um, <laughs> And then um, did their horrific work. Um, the that poor assistant um, Conrad. You know, it was just poor timing that he happened to come into the room while they were absconding. What time was it when when they 
came, I mean, do, or do I know what time it was, kind of when that all went down? It, was... it, it would have been, yeah, like around, let's see, the auction started at 11, and you were about halfway through, so it was like quarter of midnight. And um, originally the, the auction was to take place much earlier in the day. Um, actually, originally, I, I think I kind of messed up the timeline. Originally, the auction was supposed to take place the following day. So if if it did take place the following day, mm-hmm. then those items would have still been downstairs in the vault. In the yeah. vault. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was a bit. Uh, so they actually imp- the the burglars improvised mm-hmm. because they apparently didn't weren't privy to that information. Then mm-hmm. they didn't know. So that kind of that can kind of rule out really. Most of the Everybody people that, that were at the he auction. talked to the day before. Yes, um, he does job. mention that three of the the reason he says, um, you know, there's no point pretending that I didn't notice your attempts to pump me for information about the other auction uh, attendees. Uh, innocent, of course. We we're just, you know, business. Certainly, certainly, mm-hmm. and and I could tell as much, but I was being perhaps a little more tight-lipped than I would otherwise have been. Um, due to the fact that I'd already had interactions with three of the other guests that weren't terribly pleasant, and they all revolved around that head. I see. Three, three of the guests approached me um, prior to the auction and actually attempted to purchase the head in advance. And when you refused, they were a bit upset about that? Um, well... Lady Margaret um, and Monsieur de Borsavon, uh were both um, displeased, mm-hmm. but they were not terribly um, not upset. Uh, but Herr Hunderprest, <laughs> Herr Hunderprest, uh, I I was concerned was actually going to become physically violent, and uh, stormed off. It could have been that they did know, because if the plan was already in place, the tunnel you speak of, mm-hmm. did the police follow it to its uh, source? It was collapsed in on itself. Hmm. Yes. At estimating the furthest, I mean the closest that it could have been dug, mm. an adjacent building. Mm-hmm. It's still, it would still be quite a feat. Yes, indeed. Taking much time. Yes. Mm, days, perhaps. Most likely, yes. So whoever did it would have knowledge of what was happening and when it was happening. And, and if the time was changed, probably wouldn't be able to change their plan anyway. They were already mm-hmm. committed to this tunnel. Most mm-hmm. likely it was either already directly underneath or was ready to go. So the improvisation that occurred with the dumbwaiter was just that. Mm-hmm. So in fact, it could have been somebody there. It could have been one of those three that you mentioned, if they're all, all three are interested. And But you would think, being that they were all also at the auction, that they would have at least attempted to 
make a legitimate uh, bid on the head. Mm-hmm. And then if they were to try anything, it would be afterwards, not before. Mm-hmm. Why risk, uh, you know, exposure and, and all the, the penalty, you know, the the, the uh, bad uh, news that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they could have just gotten it legitimately. So I still feel like it's, it's someone else, someone who... Who wasn't here? Hmm. Um, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. the uh, the body did it appear to be missing any blood? Missing blood? Yeah, I mean that's a difficult. Uh, did the police say anything about a a lack of blood? I know there was plenty there. I <laughs> yes. I, there was plenty scattered around. I'm not sure uh, there was any... Uh, it, it seemed like a, an appropriate amount, if you will. Yeah, I only mention that because there's something... I mean, I'd have to look at my books once uh, Sven returns, but mm. there's something I recall about the um, particular ritual tied with these uh, types of brass heads that uh, uh, that do uh, involve blood, and, and that would you know, be in line, but I suppose it could be anything. I will say that... Um, one of the policemen mentioned that the body of poor Conrad seemed to have been rended. There were claw marks in the flesh. Hmm. It's a puzzle. I'm afraid for now all I can do is wait research a bit, and then perhaps once Sven returns, uh, maybe he can speak with uh, the three interested parties, and perhaps uh, shed a little light on this. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah. so we're getting a retainer for this as well, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is trying to be like the character's going, what? how am I doing this? <laughs> it's like, oh, I know why, because we spent $1,000 on that book. <laughs> well, we don't have it, and we could pay a lot of it if we wanted to. I'm sure you wanted that. Oh, given the circumstances, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, if, if also it's kind of one of those things where reputation matters, so like if it were to be something where it's like, okay, everybody, so it was all horrible, but... Mm, <laughs> he bought the book, you know, probably I still have to pay up, but... But this will definitely help offset that. Okay, so I guess, um, you know, we'll just kind of have the rest of the lunch, and then I'll uh, spend some time just maybe taking a museum or something, or, you know, just spend time at the hotel just waiting for Sven to return. Okay. So in due course, Sven does return. <clears throat> I will, um, you know, over dinner uh, on uh, the good uh, auction house is... Uh, Dollar. We'll mm-hmm. discuss. I'll tell you exactly everything I spoke to uh, Herr Ausberg about. Um, three possible suspects. Now, they're pretty wealthy. The three suspects. Yeah. I don't. I just and and there's a woman involved in it. It's almost like a trinket to her. You know, like a, like a Ouija board. 
you know, where they get together and, you know, they perform these seances uh, for entertainment. I feel that way about the uh, the French fellow as well. I think he, he, he collects these as, as kind of for the same purpose. Somebody who did this knows what that is capable of doing. I don't know. I don't think that any of them are actually responsible. I believe that if they were, they wouldn't have even made the effort to buy it and then show up at the auction and then it just doesn't make sense to me. So, but it's possible that they know more about the object itself and may be able to shed some light on it. So just put my hand on a stack of books. I'll do my research and you do yours. <laughs> Alright, so library use roll. Get the books while you do research. Okay, library use. I a pretty good skill. Yeah. So. Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I rolled a 97. So Sven brought the wrong books. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't fail. <laughs> you, well, you, you realize that you gave him bad instructions. Uh, you gave him, you, you know, it's the like, books. get the books from the, you know, the, the, the shelves in the study, you know, because you got this, like, ramshackle yeah. bookshelf, your book, bookstore, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, get the books from the third shelf to the left of the, you know. You got all the books from 3B. The employee yeah. bathroom. I got the book from 3B. <laughs> yeah, so you oh, gave him the wrong direction. 3C. Exactly. Okay, so, okay, so after thoroughly wheeling around in frustration, he's <laughs> <laughs> just going to stop, and then I'll say, you know what, that was, that was my fault. I, I realized what I did. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, I'm going to head back mm. and do do the research myself there, and then... I'll leave the books mm-hmm. and just bring my notes back. So in the meantime, um, you stay here. Perhaps talk to these individuals. Try to find out what you can, because I'm not a people person. <laughs> and I'll uh, come back with with more information. Hopefully, it'll be helpful to you. Mm, okay. We can stretch this thing out, you know. Yeah. A little. Right. Yeah, I don't mind staying here. Okay. Yeah. Crying rib is fantastic. <laughs> the serpent syrup is amazing. <laughs> the, the blooming onion is awesome. <laughs> awesome blossom, if you will. All right. So, what do you what do you want to do? Um, I'm going to hit the grounds of the Osberg mm-hmm. um, Manor, or castle or whatever, how big it is, I don't know. I don't think I've seen it in a day. It's, it's basically just a townhouse. So. Oh. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know. I'm thinking like a manor on like, you know, Acreage. Oh, no, no this, is in, this is in downtown Vienna, basically. So, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> Alright. Um, gotcha. Anyway. I'm thinking it might be a good idea to hire some laborers and try to back dig the trench as like a starting point while we continue. Because if if you have a tunnel and it collapses, 
you can back dig it because the, the, the soil will be more loose mm-hmm. where it's been dug out. Mm-hmm. So we can hire a crew and say, fucking dig this. If you reach hard uh, soil, stop and continue where the soil is soft until we get to the point where this uh, originated. And this will happen over a course of a couple of days while um, right. while we're doing our thing. So we'll just get that started. Okay. So I'll go to the local, you know, laborers union or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, hire a couple of, couple of lads, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, inform Mr. Osberg of my idea, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, to employ it, and you know, get the address of you know where the the three other suspects are staying. Okay. So I can go and talk to them. Okay, so the uh, the tunnel digging is is approved uh, enthusiastically by Harry Osper. He um, even you know calls in some contacts and gets you know one of his engineer pals to come in and supervise, make sure it's done correctly. You know, no, don't want any cave-ins. Exactly. Um, and um, meanwhile, you start trying to dig up locations of these people. So. Um, Hmm. Do you have any any skill? Let's see here. Um. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have very many useful skills. Um. What should we got here? Kind of thinking. Hmm. Why don't you? Actually, why don't you give me you know, like a half intro uh, or something? Um, not an intro. How about an education roll? Okay. At um, at half. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, didn't make it. Okay. So um, all you know for sure is that uh, Monsieur de Borsevan, uh left. The day after the auction, went back to Paris. Okay, now did he pay already for the? Yes. Okay, can I get the information of where the money is coming from? Sure. Yeah, they have receipts. Um, so know. like the bank that's it's kind of like the branch and the bank that's supposed to deliver the money. Right. So the transfer. There's, yeah, there's a letter of credit from a, a French bank. Um, okay. It's got his you know Paris address on it. If you want to go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, um, actually, you know what? They would have had. They would have the information of where Lady Margaret was staying as well, because she would have been. You know, she would have had to give her her credit info her as well. Credit info as well. Um, uh, Herr Hunderpress just lives here in Vienna. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so you can get his address easily enough. Um, now, did the police get any of this information as well? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they, they've already talked to them, I assume? Probably, yeah. Safe assumption. Okay. Do you have any contacts at the police? Uh, Asperger? Yeah. Um, yes, of course. I've been in, uh, in touch with them throughout oh. this whole investigation. Is it possible to get any of their testimonies? <sighs> that might be a little more difficult. If you can. I mean, I'm not by any means stating... Certainly, certainly. But if you can, it could help us out a great deal. Okay. I will do my best. Okay. This will do great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, laborers get to work. 
and because the you know ground is soft and uh, relatively easy to dig through, um, it just takes them about a day's work. Um, they dig um, a few hundred yards, you know, shoring it up as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, after after about twenty four hours of digging, um, they've gone about a half a mile, and have reached what appears to be the end of the tunnel. Strangely enough, it is located under a cemetery. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it originates on the, you know, kind of bottom floor of a family crypt. The uh, cement floor was, was uh, broken up, and the tunnel was begun there. Mm. So the police know that uh, the two are linked. They know before the two are linked, before we link the two. Mm-hmm. Now, can I te- can I try to like remember back when I when I heard them talking about it? If it was more of like a sure thing or more of like a speculation? Uh, you can make an intro. Me. <laughs> it was speculating. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Just lucky guess, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so back in Berlin. Uh-huh. Where is? <laughs> Another fumble. Okay. Success. Success. Okay. So. Um, all right. So, what were you looking for specifically? More information on the head? Yeah, I'm. Since I'm there myself now. Yeah. I'm gonna look for any books that. First of all, I'm gonna look for the books that I feel have direct information about it, where I, you know, remember reading about the ritual and stuff that involved it. And then I'm also going to um, attempt to kind of pull in other books that might be more. Uh, you know, kind of um, general, you know, informational books that might have little bits and pieces about it that I could possibly pull more information from. Okay. You know, and just like, you know, and try to build up that, you know, group of books that probably I could do the research back in Berlin. Mm-hmm. How much time would that take? Would it be something that I should, would be better off bringing back to Vienna so I could kind of give updates to Sven as I go, or is it something I could do in one fell swoop? Well, um... The, the sort of superficial research, basically I'll tell you, um, the, the book you were looking for mm-hmm. is an old Latin tome called Liber Tenebrea, mm-hmm. um, and it was, you know, just kind of, as you were skimming through it, you saw this rather gruesome engraving of this, you know, head that was made of riveted brass with these, like, human-like eyes, you know, and so you were just kind of reading in that section, and that's where you, you read about this thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just been kind of sitting on your shelf, you know, okay. and hadn't really gotten into it. So if you wanted to comb through the book and, like, read it more, you know, at length, then obviously you'd want to bring it with you. Okay, you yeah, know, definitely would do that. Uh, as far as, like, other stuff in your library, there's there's really not a whole lot. It's, like, really just chancing upon that story in that book is the only reason you had any kind of line on it whatsoever. When I skim through this book before I bring it with me, is there any mention of names of sorcerers or anyone who may have 
attempted that ritual? Like, is there, like, uh, specific names? Anyone that I could possibly then trace through other texts to try to find out what? There's, the only thing in it is just references to some kind of, um, um, priesthood. Um, uh, an old Roman cult called Hermes Cathonius. Okay. And, um, and yeah, so just priests, priests of this, uh, of this religion making use of the, of the head. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't have any more, more information on that priesthood in any other books, or I don't recall, like... You can make an occult roll, go with your library use roll. Success. Great. Um... You know, you you've got a couple books on on old Roman religion and that sort of thing. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll pack those up too. Yeah. Um, basically, what you find out in that, just from further reading, is um, that it was <clears throat> a god whose worship was banned in Roman times because it used corpses in its ceremonies. Okay. So yeah, I'll pack up all those books. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess I guess that's all I gathered from the peripheral books, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll pack up the the one book, mm -hmm. the uh, mm -hmm. um, the main one, and then also I will uh, send out some telegrams before I return to Vienna. To uh, do I know any other book dealers or antiquarians or anything who are familiar with that period of Roman history and kind of the the those particularly that like ancient religions and dead religions from that era. Mm. Um, or is that some is that something I would know, being kind of plugged in? Uh, let's see. There was a thing here in the investigator occupation that made reference to contacts. So let's see what we got here. Oh yeah, there we go. Contacts. Um. Make a make another library use roll, but this doesn't represent you doing any research. This mm -hmm. just represents whether you have these contacts. Okay. Success. Great. So yeah, you do. Great. So I'm going to send telegrams out to all of them with mm -hmm. my uh, with the Vienna address that we're staying at. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, just kind of laying out, hey, you know, uh, I know that you're, you know. This is your area of expertise. Is there any? Do you have any uh, um, information you could provide me on this, this, and this? You know. Okay. And uh, you know, please, uh, if you can, send it to me at this is your earliest convenience. It's uh, a dire matter. Okay. And time is of the essence. Okay. Great. And then uh, send those off, and then I'll hop on the train back to Vienna with okay. my book. Excellent. So you're on the train ride back to Vienna. Go ahead and make me a Latin roll as you read the book. Are you kidding me? I have 81 in Latin and I rolled a 93. Ah, so close to a fumble. Oh my god, my rolls are terrible. <laughs> I know. So I'll just uh, chalk it up to the uh, train ride. Um, well, this is actually a good time to introduce another new mechanic from this edition. Pushing a roll. Okay. You can always try and re-roll a failed roll. Yeah. I didn't bring this up with the pickpocketing because you were already getting yourself in enough trouble. But um, 
But let's go back to the pickpocketing for, for a moment. Had you chosen to push that role, had you known about the option, you would have had to justify why you could get a second shot. Because it's not a re-roll. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, oh, but I'm going to try even harder to do it. Like, you know, oh, I'm just kind of bumping up against this guy and trying to kind of feel against where his coat pocket is. But you might say, now I'm pushing the roll, so I'm going to actually, you know, fall on the guy, or like kind of what you were talking about before, you know, or, or do something mm-hmm. that's going to give me a second shot at maybe, you know, accessing his money belt, or, you know, if that's where he's keeping his money, right. you know. So when you push a roll, mm-hmm. what you're saying is, I want a second shot of this, so A, you have to justify why, and B, um, basically anyone else at the table can suggest a dire consequence for if you fail that role. Because essentially failing, merely failing your pushed role is equivalent to a fumble. Gotcha. You know, so okay. so obviously with the pickpocketing, you know, you would have been caught red-handed if you had even failed your... So I... Yeah. So is that consequence... Yeah, exactly. Is that consequence suggested before I decide whether I want yes. to push it? and so then you can make a decision and be like, oh, no. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I justify first. Yes. Decide if it's even possible. Then the consequence is given. Yes. Then I decide whether I want to push it. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give us justification. I'll say that um, I was reading, uh, attempting to read, but I had a, in my particular uh, birth, you know, mm. my, yeah. you know, I had a uh, kind of nosy, talkative, Mm. A traveling companion who yes. was uh, getting off at you know some other stop Salzburg. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like d- during that portion, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, and I'm trying to read and like, <laughs> yeah. And so once he was off, then I could actually concentrate and, and give it a real shot. Sure, sure. And in order to do that, you're going to have to um, stay up, you know, like basically for the whole train ride, rather yeah. than you know, <clears throat> you're not you're not in a position anymore where you're able to just kind of leisurely read. You're gonna have to really, literally push yourself. Yeah. You know, and like just be up late at night with your little reading lamp on. Mm-hmm. You know, squinting at this. You know, this thing was printed in like the 16th century, so it's yeah. like you know black Gothic lettering and. Yeah. You know, so um, so I will say that if you fail this, um, there's going to be uh, some sanity loss, not a huge amount. You know, okay. not enough to drive you insane or anything. But okay. you'll you'll lose a bit of sanity just from pushing yourself so hard. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go for it. Okay. Let me go. <coughs> Success. Okay, and how, how well did you succeed? Um, I made it by 50... Let's see what we got here. 54 points. Is it under the half mark? Yeah, under the half. Oh, perfect. All right. I rolled a 27. My skill is 81. Excellent. So you made a hard level difficulty. Go ahead and check your your Latin there. All right. And so you, uh, you decamp from the train the next morning with bags under your eyes, having stayed up late reading this thing. Yes. But, um... It was like shit. (laughs) You look terrible. But you, uh, you got something out of it. So, let's see. Okay. Hmm. Good, good. So, 
So that counted as an initial reading. And in order to do a full study of the book, that will take many months. And let's see. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got a really good role in my libraries, right? Yes, you did. That was why I was able to definitely check that okay. as well. Yeah. Um, I like failed every role. <laughs> and I had a role. Don't I learn from my failures? There's only a lot of nineties. No. no you know what? Actually, I should be a house rule. You get a you get a check on your critical fumble. I think I have used that house rule in the past. Actually, another one I like is if you miss your roll by one, mm -hmm. you still fail, but your skill goes up by one point. Because sometimes when you when you come so close to succeeding, you're like, oh, if only I'd done this one thing differently, you know, or whatever, <laughs> right? Learning so, yeah. Um, okay, so basically, yeah, the uh, the book describes, um, um, you know, this sort of underground, literally underground cult, right? Hmm. Um, uh, he's uh, kind of this messenger of the dead. And um, there's much talk of, you know, contacting the dead, mm -hmm. communing with the dead, and so forth. So the medium guy, what was his name? Uh, Michel de Borsevant. Good call. That's mm -hmm. guy. Okay. Um, now, let's see here. There are, some, there are some rituals in there, you know, it describes how to use the brazen head. But um, there's also um, a ritual described for, um, as it puts it, uh, contacting the burrowers beneath. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. That's an odd phrase. Mm -hmm. And there's also um, a, uh, a ritual described for, uh, as they put it, contacting the defiler. Canberra's Beneath and Defiler. These mm -hmm. all sound pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was not a nice book by any means. Um, however, your Cthulhu Mythos is increased by four points. All right. Does that decrease my sanity? A max sanity. Max, so max sanity. sanity is now 95. 99 minus Cthulhu Mythos. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Alright. Uh, so yes, I'll share this information and I, I agree that at least, at the very least, that is, a, that is the connecting factor why um, he was interested in it. You know, maybe not he was the one necessarily who, who committed this, but that would mean also that he was interested in it more for more reasons than just as a trinket. If he's mm -hmm. thinking, if he has read something similar to this and it says this was used in communicating with the dead, it's probably something that he would, at the very least, use as a prop, at very worst, actually attempt to activate. Mm -hmm. And he went back to Paris. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna... Well, that's the thing. 
I'm like several days behind you or mm. ahead of you. Mm. And I've got his address and I've got her address, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where's her address? Uh, at another hotel in Vienna. Yeah. And then the other... Uh, in Paris. The other, But the other guy lives in Vienna. Yes. Well, I'm guessing that those two are probably our easiest ones to speak to. Um, if we're going to speak to them. Um, before, you know, I mean, heading to Paris would be timely. It would mm-hmm. take a while and be expensive. Uh, and you said that uh, you trace the... Now, the, 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 the gravesite, were any bodies missing? Um, from the tomb? Yeah. Yes. So it is, it is connected, but... And it says the family tomb. Mm-hmm. What's the family name? The what? The family name. Uh, the family name was Von Junst. Is there any way that I can go to, like, a genealogist... Yeah, yeah, you can you can do that. To see there'd be a library use role. Oh. <laughs> so let's let's kind of just take a just a, a kind of a general picture of what's going on here. Right. So this cult that has, according to you know most scholars, been you know died out hundreds, if not thousands, of years ago. Mm-hmm is now apparently still active, or at least as there's a resurgence, which makes sense since recently there's been a, a sort of resurgence in the spiritualist movement and, and these uh, societies, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of uh, golden dawn and so forth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is that someone got their hands on an ancient text, probably something similar to what I've read, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> kind of... Uh, there's a revival of this. Mm-hmm. And this object was something that they desired. Mm-hmm. And... So as he says that, I'm thinking back to uh, the first guy that we met, and we handed him that that uh, list of things that we have. Was that book on the list? It wasn't. The list we gave him was pretty... Uh, basic. Basic, yeah. It was a lot of just... Stuff you know the 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 common stuff, and then we tantalized with hey, there's something else. Mm-hmm. But this book wasn't on that list, and he never asked about it. I don't I don't think he was particularly interested. No, I mean if it, if this book was on that list, and you know we'd be able to see you know try to remember if he had any interest in it in certain things. Uh-uh. I don't believe so. He but if it's on the list, then it's not on the list. I think right now we're best bet is to talk to. Uh, those parties are interested in just uh, see what they have to say about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should send, because a, if those... send a messenger to uh, see if they'll receive us. Would that be the proper way to... Um, yeah, or you could just show up. That's okay. Yeah. How about the... Um, well, who are, the, who are the, the two that were still in town? Lady Margaret. Yeah. And Klaus Hunderpressed. Hunderpressed is the medium. No. No. He's in Paris. Yes. So let's let's visit Klaus, whom to press. And then we'll visit Lady Margaret. Mm. Let's see. What's to be seen? Mm. I flipped that. Let's visit Lady Margaret first. Okay. She's at a hotel, so I'm assuming that she'll be easier to... Yeah. Yeah. I'll just see, you know, maybe we'll be, you know, just 
test the waters. I think our lead is in Paris. I think we should head to Paris as soon as possible. We've already lost a week. But if we if we head to Paris and it's not there, then we lose even more time. At least this week, where you know these are two leads that are here in in Vienna. If we if we head to Paris and we're wrong, we come back. It might be too late. At that point, the you know so-called trail is cold. Okay. Or we can split up. <laughs> Great idea. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 So, um, uh, yeah, she is um, staying at the Hotel Metropole, another very fine um, hotel in Vienna. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, you get her, um, or you, you head up to the front desk and, you know, put in your request to see her and they call up to her room and she keeps you waiting about a half hour and finally comes down to meet you in the lobby looking impeccable and gorgeous as always yes uh, I'd like to ask you questions if you if you don't mind very well I'm uh, I'm due to uh, board the 4.55 train in three hours, though, so do try to keep it brief. Oh, are you, uh, are you heading to Paris? No, I'm heading back to London. Oh, oh that's right. Um, may I ask, um, what your interest was in the brass head? Spit forward. You seem like a woman who knows what she wants to talk about, so I might, might as well just... Get cut to the chase here with you. Very well. Um, I'm an associate of Mr. Crowley's, and I wished to purchase the head as a gift to him. Mr. Crowley. Yes. Crowley. He's one of the one of the great men of our generation. So you say. So I say indeed. I will hear no talk against it. Okay. All right, well, yeah. Been great. May I ask you a question? No. Thank you. Oh, I walk away. Oh, damn. Uh-uh. Heels. Okay. <laughs> she's, uh, she's looking at, out, you know, looking at you as you walk away. You know, Thomas sees us, you know, yeah. just squinting. Icily at you. Her uh, her face is a mask of cold fury. She's probably not used to that. Being turned down, denied. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like it's her. I feel it's like not. It's not. Yeah. Next you, may have, you may have made an enemy. <laughs> that's fine with me that, yeah I don't think she's she's behind this but I'm already okay, on so to the I'll, next person I'll just kind of shrug and then wheel off <laughs> <laughs> well, she could have asked you she wouldn't talk to me I have a parrot 
And besides, my parent now is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, so... Oh, God. Of course, of course. Not not a grass skirt, too? No, just please. Come on, be be serious. serious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, Hunter Press next? Yes. Yes. All right. So, um... The address you find is, um... Also kind of in the old town area, but in a less economically prosperous section. Off of the Forstrasse. Um, and uh, the taxi lets you off outside of a dilapidated three-story building. Dilapidated three-story building. I look in some windows before we knock. <laughs> Um, all right. Basically, um, there's some, there's just a few windows on the ground floor, and they all have drawn curtains. Wow, I thought we were, uh, yeah. kind of pretending we were, you know, above our, but he's, uh, living in an abandoned house. <laughs> yeah. Seems, seems a little suspicious. Just a little well, it would make sense why she wants to buy a book for him. I mean, if he has no money. This is, no, no, she was talking Alistair Crowley is who she's buying a book for, right? She's getting names mixed up. Yeah. This but is, she uh, wants to buy the, anyway, she wants to buy the head, not the book. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, head, yeah. So, um, okay. Um, how, how much are you, are you canvassing this building? Are you just kind of glancing at windows, or... Or just the windows on the ground floor. If there's multiple, then multiple windows. I Before mean, we knock, because... Front of the building, are you going around the building? Are uh, you, can I go around, or is it like those yeah. ones you showed me, where it's like... Uh, no, it's not like a... There's, there's like a little alleyway, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll just... I'll case the joint, I mean, uh-huh. that's, you uh-huh. know. Okay. Um, I'm basically checking to see if it's abandoned, okay. or if it's just... It looks run, run down, down, but it does look like it's, you know, in use. Um, Water meters running, that right, kind of stuff. Right, yeah. and um, at at the back of the building, there's like what looks like probably a cellar door. Um, but other than that, no other, you know, remarkable features. Can I make a listen roll? See if sure. I hear anybody inside. Yeah, sure. Seven. Ooh. Uh, yeah, you, it is, it is quiet as the grave. Mm-hmm. Oh, an interesting choice of words, Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did the front knock. So, surmounting the short flight of steps that leads up to the front door, leaving Thomas on the sidewalk, um, you note that there, it looks like this place has been converted into apartment flats because next to the door, um, um, there's um, you know little little uh, labels. You know, top one says number two Adolf Lieberman manager, and then number three R Horst, and then number four Dr. Wolfgang Dornheim. It gave a false address. He 
his address wasn't, it was just that. It was the street address, yeah. Street address. Yeah. False address, probably. Uh, I'd bring the manager up and see if he, if the manager's in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it might be, it might just be a false address. Seems like the most likely option. Ringing the bell? Yeah, the manager. Okay. So, um, after a minute or so, the uh, ground floor door opens, and, you know, it's an older man with wispy gray hair. Yes, can I help you? Um, I'm trying to find a Mr. Hunderprest. Hunderprest? Uh, and um, the information I was given was this address. Oh, clearly, I'm mistaken. Uh, does he doesn't live here, does he? Well, um, he does. Oh. 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 So is he running? Is he running the basement? I'm really not comfortable talking about my tenants. Well, I'm a, I'm a good friend of his, and uh, wanted to surprise him with something I won from the auction. Make a fast. Now, I'm going to tell you another option from the new edition. You can spend luck points. That's why they're indicated like sand points there. You can, for every point of luck you spend, you add to the skill you're trying to roll under. But those points are lost, so if then if you later make another luck roll, you're rolling against your modified total that you've spent against. So it's, you said it's a one-to-one ratio? or mm-hmm. it's one-to-one. Does, do those luck points regenerate between adventures or like they, they do regenerate, but not very quickly. And can you add them after you make the roll, or is it a before? Oh, it's probably a before. before. Uh, that doesn't sound very good. You could spend 40 points and still fail the roll. If it's one of those well, I've, I have seventy-five percent. I have seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking, just roll. Go for it. Roll those dice. Just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting rid of this dice. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get rid of that for me? Yeah, I'll flush it. Another one. Another D10. There's another red one there somewhere. That's right there. There you go. Oh, actually, no. You can spend luck points after you've made the roll. Oh, okay. What yeah. did you get? Were you off by a lot? I rolled an 89.75. So you could spend 14 points of luck and make the roll. All right, I'll do that. Okay. Yes, you cannot spend luck to offset a fumble, however. Mm-hmm. Nor can you spend luck if you're trying to push a roll. Ah, oh, I was going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> And you'll never get a check if you spend luck. Okay, so he um, he clearly doesn't completely believe you, but he's just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, fine. Mm. Um, yes, yes, he he rents the basement area. Um, that was not. Um, originally intended to be a residence. Yes, yeah, not legal. Correct. Uh, I do try to rent to the best tenants possible. Um, and uh, Herr Horst and Dr. Dornheim are both um, highly um, creditable people. 
but about three years ago, uh, Hunderpress came to me um, wishing to rent an apartment. I told him there was no room. He said he was interested in the basement. He, he had already apparently scoped it out. Um, and uh, even offered to have it refinished at his own expense. He was also willing to sign a five-year lease. So, And um, okay. Um, did uh, kind of roll up, you know, down the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does he allow you into the basement, or does he uh, just keep it, keep it locked up? He keeps himself to himself. I, I saw it a bit while he was working on it. It looked quite nice. He was putting in oak paneling and brass fixtures. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, uh, I suppose when he returns, uh, would you uh, tell him that we came by to see him? Certainly. Uh, do you have a card to leave? So I nod to Sven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not home. Yeah, I mean, he, you you saw what he did there, right? Hmm. What? By saying when he comes back, let, it, let him know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, I think that's our cue to, uh... <laughs> Do a little B&E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be a little, uh, I don't know, let's see, a ramp. Is there a bathway down? No, I mean, I got this dude. I made this little apparatus. It's like a backpack. Oh, my God. With two little holes in the back. Right. And you just hop in it. That sounds great. And I, I strap you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's got, yeah. like, supports on it. Sure. Metal sure. supports. Naturally, yeah. So, Ooh, that, just, like, on my legs... So I, I can... That's a great idea. I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah. But I have a good one, too. Yeah. I'm thinking Bionic that... Bionic legs? That, mm, close. I'm thinking that on, on my wheelchair, I can have spare tires that are on the back uh-huh. that uh, look kind of like uh, gears instead of wheels. Yeah. And I can attach them, and they'll be my stair wheels. So then when I go downstairs, it'll just... Uh, Making a note of what part to cut out. You know? <laughs> All right, so you know what uh, I mean. So like when I go down the stairs, it's like, yeah, kink, kink, and it just perfectly goes downstairs. And then when I get to the bottom, I can slap back on the real wheels. That's or, or obviously you you can just help. Yeah, from behind. Yeah. Stairs. Okay, so you're going around to the we back of the engineer apartment. Engineer idea. Right. You're going around to the back of the apartment. Okay, I'm onto something. No, I'm saying if I need. If I was Dave, your... Oh, my God. Dave. Just move along. Yeah, don't, along. don't put this part in because I don't want people stealing it. Right, no, you don't. All right, so anyway, you go around to the back of the stairs. Oh. Uh, what do you do? Open it up. Just, you're just going to go to the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's locked. Oh, you know what comes before entering? It's called breaking. There you go. All right. Do you have a lockpick? Of course not. Skill. Excellent. I've got nothing, actually, to help me with this. My character is pretty worthless. Um, <laughs> you made a criminal, and you didn't take lockpicking. Yeah, because he's not, he's not a thief. He's more of a smooth criminal. He's a smooth criminal. Right, right. I mean, I mean, he's... 
We'll take advantage of a good situation. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, breaking and entering and skulking and sneaking around is not his forte. Let me see what we got here. He's more up front, you know. Yeah, okay. Calling you out right. and stuff. All right, that makes sense. So he said, uh, what would it be under locksmiths? Yeah, it's 1%. Ouch. Okay. You could always spend 75 points of luck. Yes, you could. <laughs> I'd still fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that would come after the roll. See how many points of luck it gets then. Um, are there any windows leading into the basement? Nary one. What do you think? You want to try to give it a shot? Yeah, I mean, I have to look around for something on the ground—a pipe or something I can use for leverage. Put it in there and twist it. I'm assuming it's a, like a lock, right? Like a padlock? No, it's just like a doorknob with a key lock. Oh, so it's it's just a regular door on on the ground level? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking like, you know... So storm doors? Like, yeah, like basement oh, entry no. kind of thing. No, I mean, there's, there's stairs leading down into the ground, you know, and then, and then, mm. you're, and then the door's kind of set. Well, that's kind of handy because then we can kind of be more sneaky about it. Yeah, yeah we're like in a little alcove. I say we try to just pick that lock with, you know, blow some luck on it. And just blow some luck on it. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, depending I'm on down, what I'm down to 60, so yeah. Well, I mean, what if we roll five? You know, we don't have to, only have to blow four luck points. That's true. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> 82, so. Uh, That's out of your no first air. Yeah. All right, here are my tens, right? Yeah. Zero. Oh. Oh, shit. I need a one. Oh my god, if you actually roll this. Oh, no! <laughs> you son of a bitch! You beautiful son of a bitch. Oh my god, he rolled a zero one on a zero one. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh, well, you check your lockpick. Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's amazing. What do you even, you probably didn't even have lockpicks. What, like, did you just have like a... Yeah, like a <laughs> cufflink or something. I saw this in a movie once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a card. Yeah. yeah. Hey, wow. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, business card. You probably just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. There's. It turns out it's a really cheap lock, and you're just able to kind of jimmy it with some, a little bit of you know, a little bit of force in your shoulder, and it, you know. That's almost like a, he didn't close the door all the way kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. At one percent, yeah, be like, what are the odds? Yeah, he used an indoor doorknob on his outdoor door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, beyond you see a long oak-paneled uh, hallway with uh, multiple doors down the length. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's roll. <laughs> That's not making the joke. I have actually something I realize now. Mm. Probably didn't realize it until I'm actually down at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. But if for whatever reason we have to flee, I'm gonna have a very difficult time getting the heck out of here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but we're not gonna find anything here other than things we don't want to see. <laughs> but I don't think we're in any physical danger. Okay. I, just, I think I they're mean, long gone to Paris, wherever whatever is what's happening. This is gonna lead us to our next step. Hopefully, that's what we're gambling on. Okay, so let's uh, let's go down there. And yeah. Lead the way. Okay. So. Um, so obviously everything's dark. There's no windows or anything, but there's a little like 
push-button light switch right on the interior wall as soon as you come in. So the, the door that I came in, just... Softly close it. All right. Mm-hmm. Turn the lights on. Yeah. Turn the light off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like the landlord said, nice brass fixtures. Lights come on. Illuminating the hallway. You can see um, basically two doors close to you facing each other. Um, and then beyond that, on the left-hand wall, two more doors at intervals. And on the right-hand wall, two more doors kind of down towards the end of the hall. So which do you want to do? Mm. Go to the right and continue on. Okay. So easing open that door, um, you see turning on the light switch in there, um, what appears to be a sort of living room. Um, let's see. See you later. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's a living room um, type environment. Um, Very well appointed. No expense has been spared in decorating of this room. There's a couch, two chairs, various side tables, cabinet with a variety of liquor in it, small radio. So, you know, fancy. No okay. exits? No exits. Alright. Alright, we'll check another room. Okay. Left wall of the hall, or keep going down Keep the going down the, the right wall. I'd say, well, we don't want to check, like, each door, just in case. Okay. So they're opposite each other on yeah. the wall, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of go le- right, left, right, left. And right, right. Know every... Okay. okay. Um, so this one, opening the door and clicking the lights on, you see, um, obviously, a library and reading room. Um, so, yeah. Any specific books open on the desk? No, nope. Okay. Next room? Okay. Um, on the opposite wall, back to the yeah, other right, wall. right side. Mm-hmm. Um, opening that door, clicking on the light, you see it's a, a dining room. Um, there's a table with a setting for one person, um, and a door on the south wall of the room. Okay. Right okay. Um, this opens into, obviously, a kitchen. Um, there are dishes in the sink that look like they've been sitting there for weeks. And uh, no ice box. There's a door to your immediate left. Okay, I'm assuming pantry. I'll check. It actually goes back out into the hall. And there's a door opposite you. Okay, so that's probably where the hall turns. I'm guessing that's where it comes in. You know, it's like two entrances, one from the kitchen and one from the dining room. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll head back through the dining room to the door that's opposite, mm-hmm. one, the door that we came into the dining mm-hmm. room. Okay. Um, so 
So this uh, gives access to a bedroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a completely disorganized mess. There's clothes strewn about, drawers half open, um, dirty plates on the floor. Do I see any, like, clothing or anything, or any, like, uh, dust clods or anything like that around? Like, pants that you would wear digging or around dirty areas? Oh, signs of... Dirt. Of having dug. Um, or been near a digging site or something. Mm-hmm. Um, boots with a mud cake in it. Some make uh, spot hidden rolls. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good skill to get. <laughs> Too bad I didn't put any points in it. Nope. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't put any in that either. Fair enough. My call through the skills are a little rusty. And I failed. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, Did you spend any luck on it or? Um, I could actually. I got pretty close, so mm -hmm. I'll spend seven points of luck on it. Okay. Um, so you don't find any any dirt clods, but uh, as Thomas is sort of wheeling around the parts of the floor that you can, um, you do spot something kind of glinting in the in the light from the light bulb overhead, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of leaning forward out of your chair, you. Uh, reach down and pick up a diamond ring that's kind of just in amongst some clothing. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point you realize that the ring is still on a finger bone. So, sand roll, please. Mm -hmm. Alright, here we go. Who's my blood? No, just a skeleton, a bone. Oh yeah, I failed, of course. Why wouldn't I fail? So you lose two points. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Sven, as you are casing the place, you walk past what looks like probably a closet door. You know, it's a little narrow. And uh, there's kind of a sickly sweet odor emanating from behind the door. I don't open it. <laughs> hey, man. I know what's in there. We, want, we need answers. No, this is where they brought the bodies that they dug up. What if it's, uh... Something else? What if it's, uh... What was it, sickly sweet? <laughs> what if it's some sweet and sour pork? <laughs> what if it's some sickly sweet pork? <laughs> I know what's behind this door. Continue on. We're here to find answers, man. Hey, you're free to go check it out. Look, dude, I just stared at this finger bone, and it scared me. <laughs> I'm not in any state right now to be opening doors where strange odors are coming from, but you... am not going to open that door. <laughs> You've got what it takes. <laughs> behind that door. What's behind that door? Is he in front of the door? Yes. Are you in front of the door? Yes. I open it and close my eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> How are you going to wheel past him to open the door? <laughs> okay, so I try to wheel past you. Oh my god. Oh god, let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we continue down the hallway back around 
to where the kitchen was, right? This was basically the end of the hall. The hall went straight down, so dining room, kitchen, bedroom, like that. Oh, so the the kitchen opens up into a different hall? No, the kitchen opens the same hall. You went oh, down gotcha. dining room, you kind of did a little gotcha. U-shape back out into the hall, bedroom. That's there. the sweet door, dude. That's the only thing. Could wow. be the bathroom. Yeah. Hunter Press just bonded up. There's no ventilation down yeah. here. You eat seven courses of schnitzel, you're gonna... you're gonna. There's a body in here. And it might have been the one that they dug up. What I'm hearing is a lot of assumptions. <laughs> I'm just gonna be out here in the hall. Oh, right. You go in okay. there and do what you gotta do. Okay. You open that door and you take a nice good look at what's inside. Okay. <laughs> Deep telling just, look. Just. Keep your eyes. Don't blink. Just keep your eyes open. Just take it all in. Just take it all in. Yeah, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) So you're opening the door? No, I walk in. Wait a minute. There's nothing in. It's rotten food. Do I do I know what he's up to? You can make a psychology roll. Dude, I'm gonna fast talk your ass. Uh, Yeah, you'll need a hard success because of his high levels of bullshittery. How about a major failure? The total fumble? You believe, you believe every fucking word. You know, really? it's just like, rotten food, why would he do that? Uh, yeah, it's I like, guess this guy's innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, you got a finger bone. Who doesn't have a finger bone? Right. Maybe it was a chicken bone. No. Nah, <laughs> it, it, it was a chicken bone. Yeah. Do you really want to know what was in there? Wait, I thought you just said there was, enough, there was rotten food in there. Yeah. It didn't want to scare you. What's in there? Sorry, you know you're lying to me about rotten food, right? That's gonna be any kind of bonus. To seeing through his bullshittery. Oh no, dude! I'm I'm. This is part of the bullshittery. But I also know he's a bullshitter. Yeah. That's why we work together. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are <a> known bullshitter. <laughs> <sighs> it's a decomposing body. Wow, now he's now he's lying in the other direction. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't understand what's happening. You so want to go in there and see it? Do I want to go in there and see it? No, I think we should bring the police here. Okay. That's a fantastic idea. Okay. Go on the police. You didn't see the, the the brass head or anything in there? No. Brass head wasn't in there. Great. We'll tell the police exactly that. We'll say the brass head isn't in there, but there's bodies in there. We're going to tell the police, and you're going to tell them that that's what you saw. Uh-huh. Great. I love it. Love this idea. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be lying to the police, and there's yeah, no way that they could find that out. Yeah. And let's do it. Up we go. All right. But first, let me get one thing. So I grab the back of his wheelchair. Yeah. And just dump him out of it and run. That would be great. <laughs> Please get one thing. <laughs> okay, so I start screaming. <laughs> what do you actually do? I'm going to go open and look at it. You're really going to go look at it this time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you called my bluff. Okay, so I'll, I'll wait. I'm not sure what you're going in there to do. You already looked at those dead bodies in there. Or a rock mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the two. You couldn't Make get up enough. your mind. You guys to go back for some more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, so open that door. What does he see? It is indeed a closet. Mm-hmm. Next slide and roll. 
What'd you get? It's gonna be a fifty something. I have twenty five. Burn those luck points. Twenty five. So fifty five twenty five. I'd have to spend thirty luck points. Thirty luck points. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll spend thirty luck points. Okay. Yeah, burn that luck. Oh yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So it's it is a closet. Um. The um. The smell kind of comes rolling out to overwhelm you. Um. And. Uh, you know, for a couple seconds, you're like, oh, it's a really stinky closet. And then you notice that there's a trap door set in the floor. All right, I pull it up. All right. Um, I'm going to need you to make an intelligence roll. Yeah. Make it at half. Failed. All right, so there's no obvious mechanism. There's no hook or latch or anything. Yeah, pressing on it doesn't seem to do anything. So you can try again. Push it, you mean? No, just you know, see if you can figure out the mechanism. Oh, okay. Through just burning daylight, basically, yeah. Okay, potential success. If I get a zero, excellent. Okay, you can try again. Potential success. I'm getting close, very close, by the way. Good, good. Oh, God. Are you keeping track? Yeah, I'm keeping track. Hold on, i got to check out one thing. Like an hour later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, succeeded. Great. So after 20 minutes <laughs> of poking around, you, uh, you do indeed find that there's like a button on top of the interior door jam, basically. You hit the button and little latch releases and you can see little little indentations on the inside of the trapdoor where you can put your fingers and lift it up. Okay. Uh, as you do so, the uh, stench triples in strength, basically. Mm-hmm. I'll need a con roll, please. Failed. Okay, so um, you don't throw up, but you you are forced to kind of step back and you know pull your pocket handkerchief out and cover your mouth. Yeah, and reeling. Yeah. Um, but you see basically a hole in the earth with a ladder set into the side, going down into darkness. I figured. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You have to spill them over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you saw things in the closet. So what do you do? I'm gonna come back. All right, look. The reason why I said that there was food in there is because, or rotten food. Oh, by the way, he was gone for like twenty five minutes. Okay. He was in he was in that room for about twenty five minutes. So. I guess I would have called to him at some point, like... Uh, yeah, and he would have answered, yeah. right? Yeah, I would have been like, uh, like very frustratingly. Yeah. Okay. Come on in. So, okay, so after a good amount of time. Or are you coming back out? No, I mean, if you called out to me, that's what I would have said. So I was spending 25 minutes trying to find a secret latch. Gotcha. 
Okay, so I, I come in then. Mm-hmm. So he has found the <sighs> the latch, right? And the, the room stinks worse than ever now. You know, there's there's plates on the ground, right? Yeah. But then I realized as I came back to make sure, double check, you know, because the food was in there, I realized that there seemed to be a, a plate here. So I'm trying to find the... I think to get in there. I already found it. <laughs> okay, so... so Alright. So the, it's now open? 20 minutes later, it'll be good. Down there already? No. See, I, my... Yeah. Wait. Cause I, okay, I, I was out of the room. Right. So, did you guys already go down there? No. Nope. Okay, so that didn't happen. Okay, nope. So we're not like rewinding. No, we're not rewinding at all. Okay. okay. We're real time, baby. Okay. Um, then in that case, uh, well, I'd love to go down there, but I can't, yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Well, you know, remember when the, uh, uh, you know, the proceeds are split, that they're split accordingly. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. He's going down. Now, as you, as you prepare to climb down, there's, there's a ladder set into this hole going to the ground. You can see there's also wires going down, like electrical wiring, and you see that there's uh, another one of those push-button light switches right at the top of the ladder. Okay. Into the... You're going to go ahead and do that? Yeah. So I'll peer down as he's going down. I'll right. peel right up to the edge and kind of look over. Yeah. So click, and like down below, like all of a sudden now there's light coming up from below you. And so it's a, um, it's about 60 feet, and um, there's obviously a room down there. And you turn the lights on. Sixty feet down. Yeah, yeah six stories down. Yeah. So when when yes. I do that and realize how deep it is, yeah, I'm like, I freeze and just like, and just make a listen roll to see if I hear anything. Listen up. Commotion now that the light on. Listen up, people. Okay. Well, I'm in the seventies. Okay. Is <laughs> you gonna spend some luck? I, I'm gonna have to spend luck, but how much is on this dice? Okay. Nine points. I'm not gonna have any luck. What are you down to? Twenty-three. Ooh. Um. So let's see. So you just made it. All right. So yeah. No, you don't hear anything. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Clink, 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 clink. So I'm leaning over the hole, watching him go down. And um, so you reach the bottom, and you know there's a little bit of a drop, so you drop down. You're looking around. You're in this room. Um, basically, oh, actually, on your way down, make uh, make an education roll. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, Thomas, since you're looking down the, the hole, you can make one as well. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that text is way too fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you fancy dice. Uh, yeah, I made it. Made it. So, so, Savannah's like halfway down, and you're kind of looking at the, um, at the walls of this hole. 
you know, it was clearly it was dug. Yeah. Right, it's just earth walls. But you realize it was dug from below up. It wasn't dug down from the closet. So go ahead and give me a sanity roll for that. <laughs> so you're about three quarters of the way down when uh, Thomas's body falls past you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're grabbing his head. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Right. Sanity, 43 or less. Okay. Yeah, why wouldn't I fail with a 90? 90 even? 90 even. Okay. Let's see. So you lose one point from that. Okay, yeah. Because you let out a gasp of horror. That's something else I like about the new rules is anytime you lose sanity from a failed roll, even if it's one point, something happens. So like it's like <gasps> or ah! or you know you know or so you have, ah! <laughs> or you throw yourself into a pit. No, but you have some kind of visceral reaction, which is great because I, I can just totally see a situation where you have to like be keep trying to keep quiet and you yeah. fail a sand roll and like the cultists are like. Yeah, or, like, you're, like, you're, you know, kind of trying to hide from some pursuer, and you, like, hide in the closet, yeah, and then, like, this corpse, like, falls on you, and... Yeah, you're, like, ah. <laughs> Even if it's just one point, you know, it's yeah. not, like, going mad, but you're just, like, you know, oh, shit! And then, and then he's, like, oh, hey. <laughs> hey, you're in there. Um, alright, so, meanwhile, Sven, you've reached the bottom of the hole, you drop down. So, basically, you're in this chamber, dug out of the earth. The walls are being propped up by um, marble slabs from, like, crypts and mausoleums. You know, you can see all the people's names carved on them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there are tapestries made of uh, black shrouds hanging across the room, uh, interwoven and knotted around various bones, human bones. Um... The electric light is just like a naked light bulb, so it's kind of giving everything this really harsh, ghastly light. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just uh, eerily silent. So go ahead and give me a sand roll. Ninety. Okay, that's a miss. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. The dice love me tonight. He lost six points. Oh, oh, you know what that means. So go ahead and make an intelligence roll, please. <gasps> oh, man, come on. What? I met. Yep. You made it. Okay, so you realize the full horror of the scene before you, and, uh, <laughs> let's see. Are you yeah. going to hand that character sheet over to uh, Dave? Well, or no? uh, what I'm going to say is, up top in the closet, so Thomas is down there, you, you hear his feet hit the ground as he drops down the last few feet, and then you just hear this shrieking, right, and, and then you hear what sounds like a door banging open, and a bunch of, like, feet padding across uh, bare earth, and then the shrieking just gets higher and higher in pitch, and then you hear rending sounds of flesh being torn, and this kind of weird, um, like, ape-like hooting and gibbering. 
Alrighty. So fan roll from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, okay. There we go. Uh, what's this? Sub three, I think. Three. Yeah, I uh, made it. Made it, okay. So what do you want to do? I want to uh, close that trap door. <laughs> uh-huh. Sven. Nice knowing you. you. You were a good friend and a good business partner, so close that. I'm a lousy pickpocket. <laughs> yes. I'll close it, and I'll begin wheeling myself frantically out of the room. Oh, I love it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, what the hell? It's a female. Oh, that was you. Okay. Um, so, so the trap door shuts, you know, and, uh, and you're <laughs> wheeling yourself. Now, of course, the... Uh, the room is strewn with all these clothes and stuff, so it's yeah. kind of an obstacle course. So why don't you give me a dexterity roll, and I'll need a half or less on that. Um, question. Yes. Wheeling in there. Yes. Would I have possibly been lucky enough or have enough foresight to push stuff out of the way so I could even... like what would Lucky I just, enough, you say. <laughs> why don't you give me a luck roll? Or would I have just like wheeled over the piles of clothes? Well, no, yeah. That? Give me a luck roll to see... To okay. see if the gods are in your favor in terms of wheeling yourself back out. Okay. Yes, the gods are in my favor. Okay, good. So, in that case... Okay, I'll, I'll say in that case you're, you you can start to wheel yourself out without a roll. Alright. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's see here. Um... So yeah, as you're wheeling out of the bedroom, you begin to hear something banging against the trapdoor. Okay, I am wheeling the fuck out of there. <laughs> so straight down the hall towards the door to lead out. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to break out the chase rules. So, let's see. Alright. But there's steps. There's stairs. Exactly. That will be an obstacle. So you've got a little bit of a head start. Which what, is good. what time did we go? Was it daylight when we were when we went in there? It was like late afternoon. Yeah. Late afternoon. Okay. Yeah. All right. So head starts. So I wheel towards that door. Okay. So let me get the stats for these fellows. Let's see here. Okay. And all right. So they are going to. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. So Each character gets a number of movement actions per round. Um, every character in vehicle gets one movement action by default. To this is added the difference between their movement rating and the movement rating of the slowest participant in the chase. Okay. Let's see. And your move was eight. Set eight. Oh, okay. So that's pretty good. In the wheelchair, it's eight. Yes. In the wheelchair. Once, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So there's one movement action. Okay. So basically, they're going to move up there. Um, Okay, so you wheel out into the hall as you hear the trap door shatter. Okay, 
So now you are wheeling towards the uh, door, and let's see here. Reaching the door, uh, that is going to be a hazard, so what I'll need is a dex roll from you. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Can I burn luck on dex rolls? Yes, you can. Here we go. <laughs> Got that kind of luck. Uh, 85 and my dex is 15. <laughs> All right, so... Sorry, I tried to turn the knob the wrong way. Hand. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you're, you're trying to, like, reach forward and turn the knob... And your hands are sweaty, and they're slipping on the knob. And the wheelchair's probably like wheeling out from behind. And the wheelchair's wheel. wheeling out behind you, yeah, exactly. And you hear something running up behind you, just making this kind of hooting noise. All right, I'm going to, holding on to the knob, I'm going to, with all of my might, yeah. try to kick the wheelchair back at whatever's coming at me. Oh, okay. Just I kick like it out that. completely out from under. Do you have a brawling uh, type skill there under combat? Uh, combat, I... Or uh, weapons. Are we gonna kick yourself back? Well, just push them. Yeah, I'm not using my legs. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm holding onto the knob, and I'm in the wheelchair, so I'm just gonna like, whoop, and yeah. try to force it back. Uh, it's under co uh, the weapons. Actually. Front page. Weapons. I have unarmed. Unarmed. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So just roll against that. Which just uh, roll against bro uh, fighting. It's twenty five percent. Okay. Okay, fighting twenty five. There we go. <laughs> okay. Come here on. we go. Come on, lower. Ninety-seven. How about that? That's a critical failure, sir. That would, that would be a fumble. How, how, do, I, do I push myself and the wheelchair back? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do, actually. Uh -huh. Like, my slippery hands, like, I was trying to hold on and just push the wheelchair, yeah. and my hands slip free, and then I just... Uh-huh. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's so sad. That's, that's really... That's maybe one of the saddest... Uh, well, I'm not going to preemptively say saddest deaths, but that's one of the saddest deaths I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right into the beholder's mouth. Well, so basically, um, yes, you push yourself back. This this um, sort of earthy uh, smell is enveloping you, and it's it's like earth and rotting flesh mixed together. Great. And you are you are being um, sort of grasped or you know, grappled by these, these massive, you know, ape-like arms with, like, um, coarse hair growing over the forearms and these long fingernails that are just caked with dirt and also fresh blood. Good. And um, whatever it is is also wearing, like, a black cloak because you can see the sleeves, you oh, know. Excellent. Uh-huh. So let's see here. Um, so basically what you what the way combat works, glad we got in a little combat right here at the end, is um, that you are going to you're going to roll your fighting skill and I'm going to roll mine and they're like opposed rolls basically. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and, and roll your fighting skill. My fighting skill is at twenty five percent. Mm hmm. <laughs> Ninety one. Wow. Okay. Well done. Yeah, he's a Fancy, this kitten does dice. not have claws. No. Oh no, it's actually soft padded feet. Yeah. Little paws. Meow. 
Yeah, my fighting skill uh, is uh, not so much. Not not so, not so much a fighter. Okay, so you take nine points of damage. All right, all right, sure. And also need a sand roll, please. Of course. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Almost unconscious. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing away from unconscious. Let's do the sand roll. See what happens. Sure, sure. Okay, sanity. I failed. <laughs> Sixty-two, and I have a forty-two sanity. And you lose six points. I am on fire. Okay. Two, three, four, five, six. Great. Intro, please. Oh, good. It was great that you realized what's happening before you die. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. At least I just got instigated. I didn't realize. Yeah, because you were mad already. Oh, of yeah. course. Of course I made. I rolled really low when I'm making my intelligence roll. So I 18 and uh, my intelligence is 80. All right, fantastic. So and one last thing. Exactly what's happening. One last thing to perhaps save you from, from all the terror that's occurring here is that since you took a major wound, you need to make a con roll. Well, you might just fall peacefully asleep. Yeah, oblivion of unconsciousness. Cool. Um, failed. Great. So even even as your mind uh, breaks from realizing that this um, literal nightmare monster is about to kill you, uh, as you feel your bones shattering, Mm -hmm. um, as it's ripping you from from the wheelchair... You uh, pass into unconsciousness and oblivion, and thus ends your adventure. Sadly, uh, two weeks later, uh, Klaus Hunderpressed successfully um, um, invokes the ritual of the brazen head in an effort to recontact his deceased wife. Oh, yes. good. Yes. Uh, instead, he releases the um, servitor of the outer gods that is contained within the head. It kills him, and then goes on to kill one person for every year that it has been imprisoned. 350. So okay. Vienna, Vienna suffers its worst murder spree in history. <laughs> as hundreds of people are killed by this uh, little rubbery tentacular beast. Before it flies away to... Uh, uh, further adventures in the cosmos. All right. So great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, I call that a win. Yeah, one out of uh, yeah, pretty pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Turning on the light in the basement not a great, uh, not a great idea because it tells the ghouls you're on the way down. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. That was a... It's almost like I didn't even want to open that stupid door. <laughs> yeah, almost. I know. I, well, I, I what would have happened if, if I didn't even do that? I listened to an actual play of this of this adventure, and that, that is how they ended it, where they were just like looking at the closet going, fuck this, <laughs> and they just went and called the police. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's always an option, you know, Hunter Press gets arrested, and blah, 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 you know. Um, I ran this once before, and um, that was fun, because the group went down, you know, Come on. Uh, <laughs> and there was a whole thing where, like, you know, they turn the lights on. So basically the ghouls are down there. And when you turn the lights on, they're like, and they go into, like, this this antechamber that's, you know, they quietly close the door and they wait for you to come down. And uh, so, like, the first investigator came down and was kind of looking around. And the second investigator was 
just above, you know, like still on the ladder when the ghouls came rushing out and they're wearing their black robes. It's going, you know, like loping out. And, um, and so I think she blew her, her sanity roll and went crazy. And, but because there was another investigator on hand, there was a chance for her to get saved. So he was like, basically like he, he, he's hanging onto the, the rungs with one hand and he pulls his pistol out and takes a shot and impaled his role and like actually took out the lead ghoul and that you know gave them gave him enough time to like kind of grab her as she's like babbling and screaming and like you know start climbing back up and since he killed one of the ghouls the ghouls were like you know oh shit you know like less inclined to to come after him so that was fun (laughs) yeah that seems a little more uh heroic and successful than it would happen yeah but oh man it was like it was nip and tuck you know it was like because I, I think I, there was a thing where like the ghouls were still kind of coming after her as she was getting dragged up and it was like came down to me just missing an attack roll as they tried to grab her ankles basically yeah, yeah it was yeah. really you know I mean it's if you go down there it's it's you know you're probably gonna die honestly so and going mad from realizing you're in this like weird crypt thing Oh, yeah. what, what I was kind of hoping you guys would do was to like just kind of leave but not call the police because because you left your card like Hunterpress would have known it was you were on to him and so there's a whole thing there where he's got this like network of, of street thugs working for him and so he would have like sent them out to kidnap one of you and kill the other one and then the one who got kidnapped probably Thomas yeah I'm just gonna guess <laughs> would then like wake up in this coffin you know like about to be sacrificed to the brazen head you know yeah so, yeah it's <laughs> like ooh that would be fun so I think that turned out pretty pretty good it I was mean, good it's one of my favorite scenarios yeah and that definitely that last little bit there the uh, you know because it, it's just one of those things where it's like the, uh, the the whole wheelchair aspect like you know mm-hmm. it's always there and it was always kind of like this thing and it was always just kind of like oh, a little flavor and then at the very end it became this major like yeah is you know and because I and I was thinking about that too going down the stairs like what, is this what if I need to get out of here how am I gonna get out of here like. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And I was getting to the door. I'm like, all right, if I manage to get this door open, I'm going to have to ditch the wheelchair and start climbing up mm-hmm. and hope that maybe someone sees me or I make right. it up to the surface. Help, help. You know, yeah. before, you know, without being dragged down the stairs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the door slams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Very nice. Good, good. Mm-hmm.